0: Caleb, Daddy Host Sawyer. Dang, dude, that is a moniker. Uh, It is me. You might recognize me as Neil Charlie Kuntz from Community here. Real Neil with Pipes of Steel, Duquesne of Clan Duquesne, and all that jazz. And I have been sent directly by Kevin Lanigan to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And also a big, huge nerd congratulations on your second child. The kid's so nice, you do it twice. That's awesome. Congratulations to you. Uh, Man, so that's an eventful uh, end of the year and right in the week of Christmas. So pretty crazy for you right now. Um, So I want you to know that I'm sending you good thoughts. Kevin's sending you good thoughts. Uh, That's not a bad way to end 2020, is it? It sucked so much up up until now. And now you get a kid out of it. A kid who will... Presumably love you and look just like you and grow up to outpace you and over-succeed you in every way and replace you. That's fantastic. Good. We need more of you in this world. Thank you so much for, of course, loving the show. You're an excellent host, a daddy host, uh, which I initially had taken in the other weird daddy way. Uh, But now I know it's just you're an actual daddy, a dad father of a person. So that's quite the relief. Uh, But your podcast is awesome, Advanced Community Studies. And uh, of course, um, being part of a a great group of podcasters is really amazing. And you know, it's what keeps the show going and and spreading the love and joy. And every now and then uh, a new person discovers it and spreads it. So I really appreciate all the fine work you're doing. You're doing yeoman's work on behalf of uh, community and I really appreciate it. So good luck. I wish I could say relax and enjoy the holidays, but it sounds like you're going to have a pretty wild time. So bear down for midterms. Oh, that was an accident. Um, But you can do it. You got this. uh, You've already got one under the belt, so you're good. Uh, The second one's way easier. Congratulations. Best of luck on getting any semblance of sleep in the next couple of weeks. But what an amazing, joyful way to end 2020! Excellent, best story I've heard so far. Cool, uh, Excelsior! I'll be thinking of you. Thanks for letting me be a small part of it. Congratulations.
1: Yeah.
2: I am excited to see also Marvel kind of trying to reintegrate some of these characters that we had from
3: Fantastic Four. What
2: do you mean?
3: They they showed us like a title card and everything. They were like we're doing it. Fantastic oh,
2: Four. Oh yeah. But I mean I'm talking about like taking like Oh,
3: we never brought like... this fight to the podcast. But anyway, Fantastic Four. No, I don't.
2: Which mean. fight? Uh, I'm talking about, about
3: who should be in the Fantastic Four.
2: <laughs> oh, we have it
3: classic uh facebook messenger fight but we never we never brought it
2: never let everybody on i think the the most heated fight we have ever gotten into over facebook messenger was who the hell should play ben Grimm.
3: yes um i say adam sandler uh (sighs) and an an angry (sighs) jewish softy uh again it is there are three fucking Jewish characters in the Marvel Comics universe. They should stay Jewish.
2: Ben Grimm, um, Magneto and uh Peter Parker,
3: Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. Um Kitty is uh, Why did I Kitty not Pred. know Kitty was Jewish? She's Jewish, baby. I love um, that for her. Yeah. She's great. Um yeah, the one yeah, like Chris true. Claremont, the Godfather of the X-Men, like managed to sneak one Jewish character in. Um and it was it was Kitty Pride. What the f- fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Adam Sandler should play Ben Grimm. <laughs> Uh He's got the anger, because he's got the anger, he's got the... Timing, because Ben Grimm is also the funniest of the Fantastic Four. Uh, Human Torch is supposed to be funnier, but Ben Grimm is funnier. Um, and I, I yeah. don't,
2: I don't see them as distinct. I don't think either one of them is funny without the other. I think they are. They, they do are, work
3: best in conjunction of
2: them. They are. It's they simultaneously play like depending on the moment. It's like one's the straight man, one's the funny man, and then they flip.
3: Yeah. Well, the 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 thing managed to sustain a somewhat popular uh, comic book series on his own called Marvel two in one where they pair him up with a different Marvel character, every issue, every couple issues. And that worked really well. He has good, he has chemistry with everyone. Um, Human torch. I, I find less so, but that's, that's that's
2: my issue with Adam Sandler though, is I I think he might be pretty good for a lot of the reasons that you say he would be good, but I Uh, don't, I genuinely do not think Adam Sandler would be able to pull off that kind of chemistry with everybody in the MCU as Ben Green needs to.
3: I think, yeah, Maybe he's lost the ability to. I know he used to be able to. Can Maybe, he still do it? I, I just I don't know. There's something about but, I mean But it, Adam Sandler it, it, also is like notorious for being like extraordinarily likable to his castmates and people work with him over and over and over again. Uh he attracts literally everyone to be. There's in, like, nothing his I would love
2: more than Adam Sandler pleasantly surprising me i think that would be sure. one of the most amazing like if they did if somehow adam sandler ended up being ben grimm and i was like this is amazing it would be the greatest surprise maybe ever but like i sure. also think what was who is it that caleb thought would be
3: good oh for ben grimm i can't i can't remember oh my gosh um, uh
2: pineapple express
3: oh seth rogan yeah rogan rogan i also i i think he could i know he could do it he's also like the most affable likeable dude yeah him saying it's clobbering time rings in my head beautifully like so Logan i like i like
2: like a bit more of a grounded choice in that but like you know and maybe hmm. it's like the reddish hair that just kind of gives
3: me the vibe <laughs> of the rocks but you've yeah, also got a little know. bit more longevity in seth he's he's you know years younger than than I adam so you you can a little bit easier you can run that longer but i think, you can, I think the big debate
2: is john krasinski you you say john krasinski is 100 not right for reed richards
3: I literally, I literally, I literally (laughs) don't know what the only reason to suggest John Krasinski is because you like John Krasinski, like, and I'm not, I'm not, I am not about to be like, you didn't read the comics, but like, Mr. Fantastic, you didn't read the comics, (laughs) but you didn't. I mean, come on now, like, and I'm not, I'm not even like the biggest Fantastic Four fan in the entire world, but like, Reed Richards is a stereotypical 1960s sitcom TV, father-knows-best, Fred McMurray-style dad. He has right. the fucking haircut, he has the head shape, like, it, it, he needs to look good in a Mad Men suit. He is defined by his comical rigidity, mm-hmm. and it is then funny that his superpower is to be flexible and stretchy. Ha ha ha, do you get it? And, okay. <laughs> you know i will leave the door open maybe johnny Kraz could surprise me maybe johnny Kraz could come in and like Krazz. actually pull off that range he's much too likable to Here's be the other reed issue richards. you said you
2: said that you wanted to see um beca- the, the, the reason why people might want to see john Krasinski as uh, reed richards is because then you could see him next to his wife playing his wife
3: right that is the main thing i've heard is emily blunt as uh sue storm, emily which blunt I am storm. 100% on board with. I'm hundred percent right, on board with.
2: The, th- the thing that's, the, the, and I bring this up because uh, honestly, John Krasinski, and this this would never happen, but John Krasinski would make a far better Human Torch than he would have better, make a Reed Richards. But there's no way in hell that they would cast a husband and wife to play brother and sister.
3: Yeah, there's no way they would cast him to be brother and sister. Also, uh, I'm sorry, Krasinski, you're too old for Human Torch now. You are. Yeah, it's he's a young. It's
2: castor. just wild. I I wonder. They, mm, oh no, wait, are they are they done with the Captain America being, like, Steve Rock. Like, are they done with Steve Rock? I guess they must be done. I was just thinking, like, because to have... I mean, having Captain America make a comment about Human
3: Torch... About Human Torch. But no, I think think Evans is done, at least for the foreseeable future. I guess you could leave that door open. But I also think if you bring him back, you've ruined his happy ending. And I don't want that. Like... If if you if we bring cat back, it means something has gone wrong, and I don't want that for him or for Peggy. You know what I mean. We already, like, but we also
2: already know that the mantle has been passed down. Which, quite frankly, yes, let
3: progress. let Sam be Captain America.
2: I think, and I, I've said this before, but I haven't talked about this on this on the podcast yet. Um, for me, if Marvel does this properly, the entire uh, the entirety of these next few phases is going to be. Quite literally, a metaphor of passing the torch. I think, um, you know,
3: there's human torch,
2: right? <laughs> well, I mean, we're gonna get it with Iron Man. I know what you mean, Captain that. America. We are, uh, you know, for better or for worse, gonna get it with Black Panther. There's gonna be a passing of the torch there, um, hundred
3: uh, I mean, percent. We've also, you know, um, I think Brie Larson's gonna be around for a while, but we've also already gotten confirmed a couple follow-up characters or have already been cast. Tiona well, we Paris know, is playing Monica pass. Rambeau, and Miss Marvel is going to be Monica in it. Monica exactly. Rambeau,
2: right? I, but I also think, and and this is what makes me excited because, additionally, uh, as reflected by a lot of the Marvel Now stuff as well, and what they're hopefully doing, this passing of the torch also represents, hopefully, Marvel finally bringing coming into their diversity, right? This this yes. this this com- this comic company. That fundamentally, like, look, X Men fundamentally has been used as a metaphor for civil rights and AIDS crisis. Like, literally, always used to represent diversity, excuse me, diversity of some sort.
3: But the X Men, I now will be the first to admit that they also have a diversity problem. Like, they, because of when these characters were created, most of them are white. White men. (laughs) And, and specifically, a lot of white men. And that doesn't work as well
2: it doesn't he does no
3: it doesn't work as well it's 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 all it feels like cheating it feels like when i play a fantasy video game and they're like we're all racist against elves these lily white elves and i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) come on okay it's just
2: it's just yeah it's i mean it's it's the big flaw with anytime you do um like a sci-fi or a fantasy race metaphor it's okay but you're making a metaphor out of something that you could literally just talk about Right. This isn't, X-Men, a, this isn't a metaphor. The, this is a real fucking thing. Why don't you? The just minority
3: metaphor of the X Men is integral to the property. It is also fundamentally flawed because in real life, uh, I know it is uh, a day after uh, December twenty first, but unfortunately, black people cannot fly and shoot lasers out of their eyes at this point. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's a fundamentally flawed metaphor. Is that until we gays attain our superpowers? It's a it's a flawed flawed <laughs> metaphor. Until one of us can sh- has claws <laughs> and one of us I can mean. teleport. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't it doesn't fully work.
2: You know, and they're like, oh, we could have them be from a bunch of different backgrounds, but of course, somehow, yo, okay, hold on. If they bring Gambit into the MCU, Hello.
1: I hope uh-huh. he's
2: supposed to be Creole.
3: I want him to be fucking black. Yeah, let's, let, absolutely. Can we gambit, have a
2: black gambit, please? Can we please have a black gambit? Please, 100%. please, can, 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 please, please can we have a black gambit?
3: There is literally no is X-Men no reason character for that. that could not be translated to a non-white person. In fact, as many of them should be as possible because that yes. only adds to the thing we're doing.
2: Yeah, it only adds to it. Also, fucking clear it up, please, for the love of God just queer it up. I mean, it,
3: I will say it here and I will say it loud. There are no straight X-Men. They they're, they don't exist.
2: They <laughs> are all pansexual freaks. I mean, just 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 look to Wade Wilson Deadpool. Dude will sleep with anything.
3: He'll hit it. And hey, we we stand our pansexual king Wade Wilson Deadpool. We we stand a, our our beautiful himbo. God bless him.
2: God bless him. Sparkly bastard.
3: This I, is of course no, go ahead. No, no.
2: This is, of course, I, I after
3: forty minutes of Marvel talk, advanced community studies podcast, <laughs> where we watch. It's only the American... appropriate
2: because we're about to talk about some harm. No, not harm, uh, Russo brothers episodes,
3: or at least nope, one of them. They're it. done. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> Incorrect. No, the first one is nope. a Russo. Uh-uh. Adam Davidson double feature. What? Dog. Wait, but then what
2: was that title card at the end that was like? Harmon Russo something
3: I think there's producers but they didn't direct it the, oh, the, well, I they think still they it, so. well they they signed the contract at the beginning of season three but at this point the okay producer descriptions are deceptive because if you think that like Steven Spielberg was on set every day of Michael Bay's Transformers movies you're out of your mind uh producers are <laughs> often in name only um because someone helped get a property made or someone wants to keep the money coming in. Um, You know, they keep Mike Scully, Matt Groening, and James L. Brooks on every episode of The Simpsons, but none of those guys have written a word of The Simpsons in 15 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry. Well, anyway, Uh, I
2: tried to make it work, but I failed. So Didn't go.
3: Uh, This is, of course, Advanced Community Studies podcast where we watch the American television comedy show Community, one or two episodes at a time. We are also the premier podcast in the Yahoo screen, podcasting network yeah uh, i am one of your hosts tv's kevin Lanigan, and good news guys i spent all my money <laughs>
2: <laughs> troy you can't drive that in here yes i and can it's all to dummy. dummy
3: oh my god maybe <laughs> this is a bold statement that one two punch is maybe the funniest fucking thing <laughs> donald glover does on this <laughs> entire show it's so f- fucking funny. <laughs> yes i can it's all it's train, rain w. w oh shit <laughs> fuck me dude that's funny sorry
2: uh, hey everybody how's it going what's up my name is jace i use they them pronouns and uh oh my god oh shit it's metered parking
3: wait what <laughs> stop letting him make you remember things <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: How did they I love that because th- there's such a close up shot of just face just like oh the <laughs> like um your the I like
3: understand. tilt ah oh, it's a beautiful yeah, it's it zoom. moves into a dutch and it's a zoom and then the slap i mean that's that's visual fucking comedy, baby. That's using it's your brilliant. medium to tell a joke, baby. That's what
2: I'm talking about, baby. We spent an entire 40 minutes talking about, like, Matt for Action and his ability to, like, pull off beautiful, like, panels and timing and framework and stuff like that. And Community just fucking does it, too. And they nail it out of the park. I'm not going to lie to you. I am not going to lie to you. I mean, I wouldn't outside of this anyway. Thank but you. I'm not going to lie to you. you. Um yeah you're welcome this episode might be one of the funniest
3: episodes in the entire show the fake flashback episode like sorry the the fake flashback of our of our two episodes it's pretty funny because
2: only because look i mean like there are other episodes that like you know are you i mean first of all this has got a great concept this has got a fun device that they're using it's that um what is it called um anthology it's an anthology type episode Mm -hmm. which we know you know Harmon likes to do every once in a while Second for second, like, laugh for laugh. I think this is one of the episodes that I have, upon recent memory, laughed most consistently through the whole thing. Yeah. Like, just, like, bit for bit, probably most laughs a minute. Yeah, and the
3: the fake flashback structure just allows you to layer jokes on top of jokes on top of jokes in a way that this show can't (laughs) always do because they don't have a 30-rock ability to... Quick let's flash back to a joke and then come back. You know, they don't they don't that's not in the language of this show. Um, they
2: don't do that. Which is which I also by the way, 30 Rock does it super well for a live action, but it's 100% a family guy rip off.
3: Yeah, it really um I don't know if, if I don't know if 30 Rock was ripping off Family Guy, no, but I know what you mean.
2: but like the That bit is a Family Guy, a
3: hundred percent. Like remember this. When I think
2: of that, I'm like Family Guy did it first. Yeah, and if they didn't do it first, they did it the strongest.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think they are. If if nothing else, they are the most known for it of anyone, (laughs) even above Thirty Rock. Because if you like, and I don't even like Family Guy. Me neither. I mean, if you're on long enough, you have some fucking good jokes. That's just the law of averages. (laughs) um but it's not it's not i i loved it when i was 15 and i have since not enjoyed much of it but you know say la vie. uh it's, it's i'm just
2: i just started laughing in the middle of you talking a, just a few minutes ago because i'm thinking back to like troy uh with the with,
3: <laughs> with his hand is it the
2: hand surely well, comes in with a box of all of her of all of her boys toys and gives troy's like he goes second place karate he goes
3: and he believes (laughs) (laughs) because he's holding a trophy that he's good at karate and then (laughs) they immediately follow it with this incredible bit we just finished telling him about
2: (laughs) and then and And then then they do it again uh like right after (laughs) It is a perfect rule of three. This is Donald this Glover's is Don-
3: episode. Yeah, absolutely.
2: This is Donald Glover's episode, which is why I love it, because that's my boy. If we just oh, talked I about started-
3: last oh. week how Law & Order is Allison Breeze episode, this is Donald Glover's episode. Just pound for Donald pound, beat for beat. <laughs> Everything he fucking does in this just- is funny.
2: Greendale doesn't exist. I knew <gasps>
3: I knew it. <laughs> I knew. It. <laughs> oh, while we were remembering stuff, the doctor got away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, again, using the medium to your advantage, right? Using the flashback as a literal stop moving of the time. frame somewhere yeah. else. Oh, it's 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 so good. Like it's fucking remarkable. It's
3: remarkable. It's, dude. Fucking it's remarkable. a fucking great
2: episode. They do good stuff. I like it. So it seems I like, like we're already
3: talking about it. Uh, and by the way, we might be joined by a daddy host later. We might not, audience. So I don't know.
0: He is a little
3: busy being a, how you say, they. A current father of one, soon to be father of two. Uh, as I'm sure I've put the audio of uh, that Charlie Kuntz cameo at the beginning of this episode. That sounds like something I would do.
2: Maybe you'll put it at the end.
3: Uh, or And, you know, it's going to be somewhere. It's going will hear it eventually. It's going to show up at some point. I'm definitely adding uh, Danny Pooty becoming a meme king for there, to the yeah. end of this episode. Um, I'm definitely adding Larry. I'm Ring on Ducktales. Did you did you see this? Did you hear this? What? Chase. Oh my god! Danny Pudi is the biggest meme of today. He is the internet's main character of December. I haven't 22nd. Been on Twitter today. Um, someone it was a TikTok of uh, someone that are like, "What's your favorite interview clip?" And they play this clip of Danny Pudi and Larry King, uh, where uh, Larry King is like, "What's your favorite?" Um, extravagance that you can't live without. And Danny Pudi's like, I love good coffee. And Larry King is like, you can get coffee anywhere. That's not an extravagance. And he's like, okay, I love, like, really nice socks, cozy socks, good running socks. I'm always looking for those. And Larry King is like, no, these are not extravagances. And then Danny Pudi's like, okay, Larry, what is an extravagance? Give me one. And he's like, a private plane. And Danny Pudi just, like, takes a sec. And he's like, Larry, I'm on ducktails <laughs> I can't have a <laughs> private plane, um, so that is definitely being added to the never-ending soundscape at the end of our episodes.
2: Oh, I love. Speaking of Danny Puddy, also, this is also an amazing episode for him too. Just the Inspector Space Time at the beginning, mm-hmm. it's like.
3: It's, it's, no, I know Inspector Space is, what, Time. Do you think a guy becomes a cop because his prom night was a tree?
2: Fucking brilliant. Um, and then he goes, uh, uh, "What's it, Reginald? Come on, Reginald! We don't have. Um, we have to. We have to go back in time. We're running out of space. space. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think also one of my favorite bits in the whole, in the whole, like one of my most memorable bits that, like, if I forget about it for a second and then I see it again, I shriek with joy, is um, Troy and Annie like." Just consoling (laughs) Abed while he's sitting in the chair and the guy's moving the clock for David. He's going "Ah, ah," And he goes, Hey, hey, if it makes you feel any better, we're gonna get the hour back later on the year. And then he pauses and thinks about it and then he goes,
1: "Ah,"
2: (laughs) like for me a few things funnier than a perfectly placed like cut in the middle of a screen. It is hundred percent. one of the
3: great uh twitter accounts is perfectly cut screams which is exactly 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 this yes um fucking (laughs) fucking perfect we are of course talking about season three episode 19 curriculum unavailable directed by adam (laughs) davidson written by adam County. Uh, In this episode, uh, the Greendale Seven are sent to go see a uh, shrink uh, played by John Hodgman. And they have uh, their second fake flashback episode where they remember moments that we, the audience, have never seen. This episode takes a different approach to that same premise than the previous one did. Because I feel like the previous fake flashback episode was much less category-based, where their introductions to flashbacks were not like, let's watch a bunch of Chang flashbacks. Uh, let's watch a bunch of Dean flashbacks. It felt a lot more freeform and freewheeling. And the way that they make this episode different, not just like, oh, we're going to do the same thing again, was A, we're making it a lot more specific with this like plot about trying to psychologically dissect the greendale seven and then also they add this incredible my skype background they add this incredible uh the greendale asylum quote-unquote twist into the episode
2: they did lists of rebuttals they'd be like well it would be like blah 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 here's a claim about you and they'd be like nah -uh. and then we would get a bunch of quote-unquote in their mind counter examples that were actually just supporting the claim. Yes. And then we go through it. And that was always really fun. And then eventually they're like, "Uh, no, it's Greendale Asylum. And then they have a bunch of fabricated memories. Or rather just kind of this weird kind of meta loop where these are all references to stuff that we've actually already seen reframed into. So these aren't even memories that we haven't seen before. They're references to actual things we've watched happen. Put into – the frame that these are actually all just falsified memories that we've been watching and experiencing. So it's been a great.
3: (laughs) And Jeff, Jeff does a Groucho Marx impression, which I'm always in favor of. Oh my God. It's a great one. It's a great one. Ah, so do I. (laughs) What
2: is that in response to What's that? Oh, it's it's like,
3: I mean, uh, married, unless you mean married to his character work. he's like, no, I mean insanity. Ah, so do I. It's something like that. I can't, um, it's, it's going to make everyone mad that I didn't get the quote exactly right. Oh, well.
2: Yeah. You're going to be like, actually?
4: Uh, Daddy
1: host is here! Not Daddy! made you
4: know uh, it! Yeah, well, part of me made it. <laughs> my soul <laughs> did not make
3: <laughs> it to the recording. My body is here, but my spirit is <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's okay. Welcome. You didn't
2: miss much. We spent the first 50 minutes talking yeah, about Yeah, we talked about
3: Marvel Comics for 40 minutes. <laughs>
2: It's <laughs> uh, my fault, because I was like, Kevin, I finally finished the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run.
3: Uh, yeah, and it's a miracle we didn't just talk about that for fucking 40 minutes. Because um, <laughs> I'm rereading that for who knows how many goddamn times, and it's still... Fucking incredible! And rereading it, it's so exciting because you're like, "Oh, it's this issue! It's the issue that's told from the perspective of the four ladies in his life. I love this issue! Oh, it's the oh, issue with the fake device. comic covers in it. Oh, I love this one!" Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's really fun to reread this book. <laughs> would recommend.
4: <laughs> would ten out of ten. Would recommend ten out of ten. We
3: actually only just got to discussing the episodes, so you are right, right on time. time. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay. These are getting longer and longer, baby. Yeah, maybe. maybe it'll be good if we talk about The Witcher for a little bit. Get out of this! Get out of this zone uh, that we're that we're in. Uh, <laughs> but we are discussing the fake flashback episode curriculum unavailable with Mister John Hodgman. These two episodes are a great uh, series in uh, my ever-growing list of what's Dan Harmon watching uh, because you have John Hodgman from The Daily Show in this episode. Was apparently like Dan Harmon's dream guest star. Like from day one, he's like, How do I get really? John Hodgman on this show? Which kind of explains why community was never phenomenally popular <laughs> with mainstream audiences. <laughs> and then you have Giancarlo Esposito in the second episode. And this is, this episode comes out between Breaking Bad's seasons three and four. So Giancarlo, Gus Fring is at the height of his powers at this point.
4: John Carlo Esposito's been fucking crushing it, by the way. He's been
3: crushing dude, it for dude. Mando his...
4: season dude, finale. Let's go. Dude, he's found his villain
2: groove, and he's just been like unstoppable since then. Like he plays a phenomenal, like
4: He's the American He's bad. the American uh, middle career Gary Oldman.
3: Hundred percent. Where like I love when well, like,
4: Gary Oldman was the bad guy in fifth element and the professional and uh Air Force One. And a couple others and people were like, I fuck with this dude as a bad guy because he's got such an affable face, but such a hostile personality. Yeah. And then uh-huh. Giancarlo Esposito's like, Oh, that's the uncle that I see every Christmas who gives me nice things like two dollar bills from the seventies. Um, but also might like kidnap people and murder them. hundred percent.
3: Um he's got a beautiful I just love any time. Because Giancarlo Esposito is acting in, like, Spike Lee movies in the 80s. Like, he's been around forever. He's in uh, Jim Jarmusch's Night on Earth. Like, he's been around forever. And then he shows up on Breaking Bad as everyone is starting to watch Breaking Bad three seasons into Breaking Bad. And just has been on a nonstop run ever since. And I love that for him. I love that for him. Uh, Jonathan
4: Banks, he's, same he's way. A, he's got an un, an ineffable like air of superiority to him. I think it's largely because he has easily one of Hollywood's best resting. I'll fuck you up faces. He's
2: so because like just
4: his just his normal I'm gonna be seething look at you face is like. <laughs> he has. He has his face isn't
2: menacing, but it has such intensity that the second as an actor he puts that motivation oh. to like intimidate Ooh, it is powerful it, it it's really it's 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 his face is an enigma you know it's, it's like the there's something pick. really soft about it's him, the perfect but when he puts on the intensity it's he has
3: the perfect kuleshov effect face like it is when we developed man. the kuleshov effect we were thinking about giancarlo esposito <laughs> what is that? What are you saying the Kuleshov effect? The Kuleshov effect is an editing principle. Um it was it was developed by Kuleshov um and they he took footage of a man with a blank face like intentionally nothing on his face. Um mm. and he uh intercut it with different things. So he showed one audience intercut footage of this guy's face and a bowl of soup and the audience went oh, this guy like plays hungry really well, like really subtly. Then he showed um, the same footage of that man, but intercut with children playing. And they're like, oh, this man shows like pride in such an interesting, subtle way. Uh, And they showed the same footage of his face, but like with violence. And they're like, this man is terrifying. And it's that actually film acting is so closely integral to editing and you can edit anyone into showing any emotion um and Giancarlo is to his credit perfect
4: perfect yeah look actor. at anything David Fincher has directed honestly like I know he doesn't edit most of his movies but he's I know that he's super 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 hands-on in the editing room yeah. to the point where people are like get out of the fucking tent <laughs> leave get out of me village. alone like we don't need you over here yeah <laughs> I'm fine just direct your fucking scenes but um Watch Jesse Eisenberg in The Social Network. There are scenes where his face is like Jesse Eisenberg does a great job that entire movie of having a very dull face, like Zuckerberg. But when <laughs> that dull face is superimposed with like him drinking and then like upbeat Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross score, and they're putting together code to like build facemash in the beginning, that face is seen as like this like quirky, fun, determinated, determinated, determined, determined, <laughs> determined. Uh, Determinated. But, uh, developer. They Determinated. That, same face <laughs> later. <laughs> you see that same face later when he's being interviewed and upset, but like he's not saying things that he's upset. But it's juxtaposed with like the onslaught of charges against him, or with the Winklevoss testimony, or later in the game, or, or later in the game, or later in the movie, where that same face is on display after. Um, Justin Timberlake's uh, Sean. Sean Parker. Parker, thank you. I wanted to say Sean Payton for some reason. Sean Parker has gotten arrested, and that same face you've seen the whole fucking movie now uh, issues like despondentness and like, oh fuck, I fucked up. Maybe, maybe um, Andrew Garfield's character. Why am I forgetting I my night, dude? Anyway, uh,
3: um, Eduardo maybe, Saverin.
4: Yeah, maybe Eduardo Saverin was right, and this dude's full of shit. Uh, the whole movie, it's the same fucking face the whole time, and you could do that with anything that Fincher does. Brad Pitt in Seven, um, yeah, it's- Daniel, Daniel Craig in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Like he's very good at getting a face and then painting with it instead of using the face to paint the scene.
3: And that is not to discredit like the work of any of these actors. If film is such a collaborative medium that like the performance has to work in hand with the editing in hand with the cinematography and the lighting like it's all it's all synergistic and and in service of yeah. the script that they're working with that it's all it's all working in tandem like that and uh and that's and that's fucking beautiful i love that Have movie. you guys tried
4: this together mode on Skype i just hit it <laughs> What is <laughs> it This kind of woke my brain a little bit We are at the park together <laughs> Did this? Did I do this? And it changed for both of you. Yeah,
3: I can. Uh, yes. we are hanging out at a park together, which is we are in. Uh, this is,
4: it's very weird. Why not put I us in like something feel. that? <laughs> I'll go back. I don't know how that. <laughs> Take <happened>. it back. <laughs> oh, I went back, but now y'all are stuck. So, you know, I, yeah. Now we go. hanging
3: out at right. the park. Booyah. Booya! Booya!
4: Booyah, booyah, yeah, yeah, booyah.
3: Booyah. Uh, but anyway, that was a fun divergence about the Kuleshov effect. Uh I also uh love that we can't go two episodes without talking about the social network, and I love that for us. <laughs> <I love laughs> or Star Wars. Or, like yeah, or Star Wars. It was oh, well, John Carlosito is here. It's it's unavoidable. Um uh, and I Yeah, I
4: didn't I'm not talking out of my ass over here. No, nah, absolutely. I'm, I'm referencing things.
3: He, it, he's on a very popular TV show, and that TV show has the word Star Wars in the title. <laughs> like it's okay. Uh, it's 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 come up. Uh, we were overdue for an extended Marvel Comics conversation, and we finally got to it. So good. We've checked we that. Did. Off the I list. think
2: it makes sense because we 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 put it on pause, and then they finally were like, "All right." After a year of not saying anything and not getting anything, here's everything. Yeah, y'all. I don't know who that was. I was just doing. It was, but... it
4: was almost Patrick Warburton, but not. <laughs> it was almost I like.
2: I feel hey, like Peter. I feel like I almost <laughs> went like Tim Peter. Cook at, like an Apple thing like ah there's Gina. it was Patrick are having Warth a Cook. wonderful yep. day <laughs> uh, I... what I have for you is the iPhone 17. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: <What's>
0: the
3: <fuck? laughs> Hello, I am Tim uh. Cook. <laughs> Welcome to Tim Cook's <laughs> Surf Shop.
4: My Hawaiian name Good. is Kunu.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's fucking... Really gotta get into these Apple devices. Dude. have you? Is that is that cursive? Is that... No, I guess that's not exactly cursive, but it's close. What? I have no idea. Y'all, y'all have heard of this phenomenon of singing in cursive, right? Of Singing? 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 Yeah, singing in cursive. So when you hear like folky singers that say like nah instead of "now," that's singing in cursive. When they mispronounce I hate their it. words, I hate this oh, so much. it's a it's a joke. It's it's like it's absolutely used to like right. make fun of a thing. But like every time it happens now, I'm like, oh, that's that's incursive.
2: Oh, is, in is it's like
4: that that uh that Vine uh, that's uh basically like welcome
2: to my kitchen. We've got eyes and bananas. Yes, yes, that's cursive.
4: That's cursive. That's cursive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so dumb. This is, I and
3: this. I I mean no disrespect to all any of the three of us, this is conclusive proof that once the three of us are together, the topic just goes fucking right out the window. Just like <laughs> fire, throwing <laughs> the baseball right out the window.
2: Well, it's because it's like we, we, we'll message each other like sporadically throughout the week and then we see each other's face and we're like, So, there's so much shit in this world. Yeah, what the, the fuck so. is
3: going on? Uh, yeah, absolutely. No. So it's fine. I mean, this is also, I, I love this episode. It's so funny. It's also not particularly no, substantive, funny. you know? It's not. No, it, but who no. cares? It's, no. But it's so fucking funny. We were just talking about uh Caleb, That's and I want to hear your be- opinion on this as well. This might be, pound for pound, beat for beat, Donald Glover's funniest episode as a performer.
4: Yeah just because uh, well, mm, it's that's definitely up there i upon like immediate challenging i don't have a response my only like, immediate yeah. challenge
3: would be football feminism and you where he has the fight raps and
2: do sing along. and the conversation <laughs> on the
3: football field at the same time um yeah that's very good but this it's episode very good,
2: very good. has you no. Know, those are two of his strongest bits ever but this is like there's far more bits that are just as so funny. Many like fans. i would put in that same upper echelon straight up and being like troy you can't drive that in here <laughs> yes i it's can all it's terrain, all terrain dummy, dummy. <laughs>
3: not even to include he opens that scene with good news guys i spent all my money
2: (laughs) that's a big big laugh and then and he goes troy and then he hits it's literally and then or even down to like we were just saying uh shirley giving away all of her boys toys Uh, uh, and troy getting the karate trophy and then thinking that he could karate and then going ah, and then like hurting his hand and then immediately after Britta like
4: touches his hand and he goes we just finished talking about it. <laughs> and then he... yeah, and then later he's like he's like "I've and I have very play very many games or something like that and he then he goes to shake his, his hand and, like, no. and then he shakes he's his, his, hand, and shake and his, and his hand, hand and he goes ah and then puts his arm like, around him <laughs>
3: Fuck me! Yeah, it's it's, it's good. very good. And then so
4: good yeah, and then also he has the, the, also the I knew the it getting slapped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, slapped. When he gets when um Jeff slaps him and goes, "Stop letting him make you realize things." <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: oh, it's so good!
4: It's so good! Yeah,
3: it's uh, phenomenally good. I love John Hodgman in this episode. One of my favorite one episode performances on this show. Uh, that yeah. dude is
4: Hodgman's, Hodgman's
5: great. fucking
3: funny. That guy, I like him. He okay? He all right in my book. Not,
4: not bad. Not bad. One of that's the a good chap. few well uh,
3: men that wears only a mustache. Well,
4: yeah, one of the few. It's one of uh, the Sam. Few. Sam Neal.
3: Yeah, Sam Neal. Well, or no, Sam Elliot. Sam, Sam Neal. Well, maybe Sam, Sam Neal. I'll give him a
4: chance. Um, hey, Sam Neal pulls it off. I
2: got another one that's really true to form for us, and that's uh, Henry Cavill. <laughs> Henry
4: Cavill, correct the mundo.
3: Paul F. Tompkins, a classic mustache.
4: Christian Bale. Christian Bale can pull off a fucking handlebar. Uh,
1: okay, okay.
4: Dude, watch, Chris- watch Christian Bale in Hostiles, where he plays a ex Union soldier uh, escorting Native Americans, and escorting people through a Native American territory.
3: And obviously we're forgetting Tom Selleck. Obviously we're forgetting Tom Selleck.
4: Does Tom Selleck get credit for being able to wear a mustache? Or does he lose credit for not being able to not have a mustache anymore?
3: (laughs) Well, like many old men, he's transitioned from mustache to full salt and pepper beard. Uh, And it's a good look for him. Tom Selleck.
2: handsome man. I've got another one. Oh, another very funny man. Nick
3: Offerman. Nick Offerman.
2: Pulls off the stash quite well.
3: Um, I, Donald Glover pulls off a mustache, yo?
2: Donald Glover can pull off literally anything. My, my clothes. Clothing. Yeah! <laughs> <off> yeah, <my> <laughs> we,
3: we did
1: it. We did it.
3: We did it. Three we days. We are
1: <laughs>
3: Yeah, you fucking love to see it. Uh, I do like this
4: episode a lot. Also, it gives us that, like, really dynamite scene of them in an Asylum, where <laughs> they're all living through all their weird memories that they thought they had, and then fucking, uh... Oh, Garrett them, like, uh, comes in as like, I would like Garrett, to see what Garrett. happens if we confiscate
3: <laughs> one of their pets. Yeah, it's great great. bit. Great bit. I don't know if this is like a a conscious reference, but in that sequence, one of the orderlies is played by Abraham Ben Ruby, who is a very famous ER actor, like had a huge part on ER. Uh, And I, I don't know if that's a reference or Abraham Ben Ruby needed some work, but more power to him for showing up in this episode. Sorry, that's all I got for you. I had to. It just needed to leave my brain. Yeah it, yeah,
4: it had to come out.
3: It had to come out. That's what this podcast is for, mostly. <laughs>
4: it's just like... Yes, just I, I dumping our thoughts onto something. I need
3: to ask someone about Abraham Ben Ruby. <laughs> Please. Someone help, quick! Come quick! <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's uh, fucking funny. Uh, I loved it. I love this, like, brief... I mean, it's like community going so far up its own ass, but, like, recreating famous community moments in a One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest Asylum, uh, the fake trampoline, uh, the... Uh,
4: you welcome! <laughs> you welcome! And, he's and, he's
3: like... and he does it just as good in this episode. <laughs> which... Sorry. Sorry, Chevy. I didn't mean right. it. I didn't mean to hurt you like that. <laughs>
2: I did. Fuck you, Chevy Chase. Fuck you,
3: Chevy. <laughs> Chevy, uh, who's about to appear in uh, the fourth Crocodile Dundee movie as, no way. as himself, and the movie no is called a The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee. <laughs> Is real? Are you joking? I am not. I. I mean, I. I see that. This is the poster. The, the very one. excellent Mr. Dundee. We're all familiar with Crocodile Dundee because we all watched Maybe. VHSs in the nineties. Um, yes. And uh, and of course there was Crocodile Dundee, and then there was a sequel, and then there was the one where he, of course, came to Los Angeles, where anything is possible. Um, during our brief uh, obsession with Australia as a comedy country. Um, and this movie, The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee, uh, features Chevy Chase as Chevy. He's on the poster. Uh, John Cleese as John. Assumedly, they are both playing themselves. Uh, Olivia Newton John. Wayne Knight from, from Seinfeld Jurassic. and Space Jam and Jurassic Park, of course. Uh, and Reginald Vell Johnson from family matters. Many of these people I feel I haven't seen in 10 years and I I'm just happy they're getting a paycheck. If Wayne Knight is getting a paycheck, <laughs> I'm a happy man. I can sleep easy at night. Honestly, secure the bag. Secure the bag. Act take it. Secure the bag. Take it where you can. Get paid. I regret no actor taking less than desirable work cuz hey you got everyone has everyone has a mortgage. Everyone's got rent to pay.
2: I don't have a mortgage. I do have rent to You pay do have though.
3: rent to pay. Everyone's got rent on the condo and, and Wayne Knight. You know, the Seinfeld residuals, they're good, but they're not everlasting. Those numbers, they're going down.
4: Tick. So wait, did you say something that Seinfeld's not everlasting?
3: Well, the um, the Seinfeld residuals... I cry, I was, uh, getting the right. Seinfeld residuals are <laughs> compounding and compounding because that show is constantly on, but uh, the residual numbers that people watch, are... Right, but the the amount people are getting paid for those re- residuals is plummeting, uh, because less and less yeah. people are watching television. So unfortunately, those those residual checks are are getting fewer and further between.
4: Is it would, weird? would Seinfeld ever be anybody in this party's show they go to? Like I no. go to the office and just no. turn it on in the background and let it happen to them. Kinda. No. Yeah.
3: I I certainly no. high school me was like, oh Seinfeld's on. I'm gonna watch Seinfeld. Like oh it it popped on at ten o'clock on Saturday great watching Seinfeld, um and I used to do that every day I've probably seen every episode of Seinfeld but grossly out of order <laughs> and and in reruns I don't
2: I don't know if I have any show like that I think maybe if I had to pick a show that I would just be like I'm putting this on in the background that I know that if I check in I'm gonna be I'm gonna be able to finally remember something mm-hmm. and like just kind of enjoy it without feeling the need to like follow along which I compulsively do for everything that i watch probably adventure time actually
3: oh, interesting. i would
2: probably put adventure time on and just let it kind of rock i <laughs> honestly so i funny. struggle
3: with that with scripted television like i if i don't like just having noise on when it comes to scripted television i struggle with that because i i want to pay attention to the stories right, that are right. happening so i find youtube video essays about video games i don't care about or like podcast to be great for that. I'm like, I'm filling the noise, it's friendly, it's nice. I'm not sitting with rapt yeah. attention See,
2: For me, I don't put on narrative type. I don't put on narrative storytelling or um things like that to fill space to fill sound. I will put on music just immediately. I'll be like, oh, let's put on some music. I'll throw on my headphones. Yeah, ever heard of it? She's
3: fun. I've been thinking she's, about she's it. groovy. yeah.
2: Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, even me, like, if I put something, if I go on YouTube and I'm like, this is stupid, and I put it on, even if it's something I don't care about, I will get sucked in and pay attention. And if I miss a sentence, I will go back and try and make sure I understood what was saying. Even if it doesn't appeal to me, I just can't
3: not, I don't know. Impressive. Incredible. I don't know what Do it you,
4: is. So my reason that I can watch a, a few scripted shows while doing something else it's largely because I'm far beyond needing to watch those shows to pay attention to anything happening. Sure, right? I'm very much along the same line as y'all when it comes to like, if I'm trying to get through of something, if I'm trying to get through something, and I uh, need, I haven't watched it already, then like, that 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 doesn't work. <laughs> I will not pull that off. But if it's like The Office, I've seen. A hundred times through, right? At mm-hmm. least then I would put that on the background and it's fine. Because I I'm mean, like, I'm yeah, I, that. <laughs> I
2: could, I could also say that for um, Steven Universe, but I I also know that I love that show so much that I'd probably, it, I mean, once I would get past season one, I'd probably be compelled to watch it a bit more intently. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, which is wild though, because like my ADHD is rampant. Mm hmm. But for some reason, you put on anything that's narrative, and I'm like,
3: "Well, ADHD also (laughs) is about hyperfocus, right? Like, it's not just I can't focus. focus, It's very
2: much a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. For that, a lot of people don't, you know, realize. And people are getting more and more informed about ADD and ADHD now. ADD hyperactive subtype, if you will, which is good. Um, which is good. It's really great that people are getting more and more informed about it. Um, it is a uh, quote disorder that has um that is very real." Not what I'm I'm not about to say. It's not real, but it has more to do in its diagnosis with the fact that uh, learning environments are not conducive for those types of brains than it does them actually being disordered type of thinking.
3: Right, and that's good. So, and it will only help both (laughs) students and teachers if if we become more informed about what will work for um, students, and and not every fucking student will be receptive to the same type of stimuli. Um, and, and it will only help everyone if we become more informed and and work to, to make this more equitable for everyone. Without
2: even getting into the idea of like, especially, especially early education, simply being, um, a method of, I don't know, coercively programming children to get used to waking up early and being on time for a corporate job and like doing this, like it's fully, it's not about what you learn in school. It's about getting you used to. Conforming to a set of rules and being on time and corporate productivity statistics, which is why when you get to college, you're like, "Wait, what is this? This is
4: totally different." You know, elementary. I fucking. Oh, dude. (laughs) Yeah, college is not. So I was like a 4.6 GPA on a four-point scale high school student. I fucking crushed it. I got to college and was like, (laughs) "Wait, I'm in church." (laughs) <laughs> that happens to
3: a fuck. lot of people my man like you are you are far oh, yeah. from being alone in that regard
4: so i, I was a solid c c minus student in college because i c- i felt so distanced from the like formula the exact formula you were just describing jace The like oh they want me to like do this shit so that i'll be a better worker fuck that noise just like Wholesale goodbye. Don't need it. Actually, this is stupid. Uh, Yeah, when
2: you realize that you don't, you're not being held to it. Like you're not literally at risk of getting arrested for not being in school. You know, or like you're not being surveilled for when you leave your classroom and have to ask to use the fucking bathroom. I mean, it's 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 wild. It's wild. and the thing that drives me nuts. I was saying the thing that drove me the most crazy was the fact that it would be like they'd be like elementary school we're preparing you for middle school middle school we're preparing you for high school high school we're preparing you for college you get to college and they're like yeah fuck all of that none of right. that was relevant to i this remember kind of
3: very specifically being in or like i think freshman year of college and i have another freshman year of college story coming up about the next community episode but i was in that class and and the 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 professor asked us because I was in the honors learning community, quote unquote. So we had these kind of like unstructured classes that didn't have a real definition. And he was like, why are you in college? And so many of us were like, well, we have to get ready for jobs. We have to like get ready for the for the career field. And he was just like incensed. And he's like, it's ridiculous that we don't value the idea of getting an education for the sake of being educated and informed. It's, it's mm-hmm. like we only value it as a track to future employment, and we don't yeah. value the mere act of knowing things for the sake of being a better, rounded and <laughs> human being it's, you can interpret
4: it, the yeah, world. The so well, there's it.
2: productivity.
4: It's, yeah, yeah, it's there's it's a all... conversation I had with a professor. So uh two things. One thing is the number of times I was told by professors that I should go to class because, after all, you're paying for it. Um First of all, that shit never worked on me, and most oftentimes my response was, I'm paying you to leave me the fuck alone, right. <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> didn't sit well with many teachers, with many professors. But like, I, if I didn't feel well, I'm a fucking depressive writer. Y'all know this. Mm-hmm. I would wake up some days and be like, actually, I'm going to drink and watch films and, and try to inspire myself to write some shit. And that happened. I have pictures. Of me at 10 a.m. with a freshly poured beer in the social network on or (laughs) fucking uh, the modern times on because I'm like trying to like watch something and glean some deep learning or whatever. So, yeah, they were like, well, you're you're wasting your money. I'd be like, actually, no, I'm not. I'm living rent free eating without cost. And it's fucking great. So shut up. The second thing is. I had a conversation with the professor I valued the most. I valued many professors, but the one I valued the most was a man named Bernd Estabrook, who was my my German teacher. Um, Dude's great, and probably one of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, He explained exactly this issue we're going over, and it was that, like, the problem with, like, school up until high school is it's all, like, run by systems, right? It's all run by... In a system, it's a, every school you go to is a part of a bigger network. And like they just try to load you full of information for, to make you the most prepared. But he said the biggest problem was when you get to college, any good professor worth their career is going to spend the next however long they have you teaching you how much of that information is unimportant.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Like college is where you go to to learn to forget things because they right. are, you're going to you learn figure how to out think you don't learn how school, to memorize things yeah you you realize that you a lot of the, the time you were in school learning you were learning shit for a very non specific yeah the function <laughs> yeah what, what I was trying to <laughs> say earlier
2: was the function of all that learning was not for you to get that information the function of that was for you to get programmed into showing up somewhere on time wearing the proper clothes like it's it, it wasn't about you need to know biology chemistry physics and all this stuff and some of these might be relevant to your field later on some of these stuff you might biology enjoy learning about Astrology. sorry for some right. reason
4: my brain just fucking <laughs> <laughs> like an animated song <laughs> I
2: love it. but like yeah the function of it was not about the content you were learning the function of it was And there are outliers, obviously, and everybody has that example where they talk about that one teacher that fucking ruled, right, that made them love something, right, that brought that spark of enjoyment of learning. That's awesome. That's rad. That's a teacher. That's not education. The education system structurally is not designed for you to learn things. It's to program you to get used to getting one of those – the the structure of education that we still see today was based on – when we still had like children working in factories, it was factory mindset programming. You get through high school and then you jump into a job at a factory. You show up on time. You wear the proper clothes. You do what you're supposed to. You you obey. You go to the bathroom only when you need to and you go back to your seat. It is literally designed to get you prepared for that kind of lifestyle. And then we've moved, quote unquote, we've moved past that standard within the workplace, which is – complicated within itself but we've still maintained that essential and also essentially like, maintained
4: sadly that education partially structure.
2: true yeah. yeah only well i mean that's only when it comes to like actual machines and like you know yeah yeah you know, yeah production lines and stuff like that but still the corporate structure and the management structure it's all the same because it's you know capitalism is a freaking curse
4: but like 40 40 hour work week was established because they couldn't work us to death anymore yeah <laughs> they
2: yeah thank you unions
4: for and allowing and us we're to
2: still not still using have, it yeah <laughs> We're still using it, and um, you know, but at least this time because of unions, you know, they don't lock us into the building and don't and chain the doors there. And, <laughs>
3: now. and we get weekends.
4: <laughs> weekends, yeah. Yeah, holidays. We get
3: weekends.
4: Yeah, people. Some um, people get weekends.
3: Yeah. Well, that's true. Woof. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some. I feel like a lot of people that have been programmed by the American conservative mindset will watch like a fucking Christmas Carol and be like, Scrooge is a jobs creator. Why
4: should he change this guy? Not every single person. See, I watch Trump a Christmas Carol Scrooge and I go, is this is a straight guy. up
3: anti-Semitic. The Well, that's, yeah. I the
2: Ebenezer is a traditionally Jewish name. He's the old guy that's got a bunch of money and a big nose and he doesn't like Christmas. And then mm. he gets haunted by a bunch of ghosts. And he's only accepted as a good person when he accepts Christmas into his life. Tell me that's not anti-Semitic propaganda. You can't. You can't. Also, Charles Dickens was like a known anti-Semite.
4: so
3: I can't.
4: <laughs> I can't. Cool. Just ruined one of my favorite Christmas traditions. That's fine. I mean, hey. I'm fucking, look, I'm I, fucking I, I with you. Can, I just,
2: put I can, a version of a Christmas Carol as a young Jewish person, so
4: you know it's, it's you again know. schools teach us to hate ourselves <laughs> we learned
3: new, ways to, hate new ourselves. ways
4: to hate ourselves and that's
3: what you miss on glee
4: <laughs> so the
3: next episode we're talking about season three episode <laughs> the 20. only
4: episode that i might have actual legitimate structural feedback for
3: i because... also have structural feedback uh season three episode 20 digital estate Planning. Directed by Adam Davidson. Written by Matt Warburton. Uh, In order to obtain uh, his father's uh, fortune and company, Pierce and his friends must compete in a video game of Cornelius Hawthorne's design with uh, the adversary of Gilbert Lawson, played by guest star Giancarlo Esposito. Um, My big note, my my big note about this episode, and I like this episode on the whole, it's very funny. My big note is that it comes at exactly the wrong time in this season of television. It's in
4: such a weird fucking place. It's
3: in su- And I know that Thank that you. probably has to do place. with animation, right? Because this episode, obviously it's a video game episode, but they are all 8-bit animated. And that was had to be like hand-animated by animators, and that process takes a fucking long-ass time. But it should have come out either while they were still at Greendale, or as the gap episode between them being expelled and them going to see John Hodgman, or after they overthrow Chang. But as it is (laughs) now, it's... Like, they, John Hodges, they he find out much that... much
2: closer to then they, actually, like, finding out yeah, that his dad they, was dead. they
3: find out that Chang has kidnapped the Dean, and they're like, we need to go get him. That's the end of the episode. Like, we need to save him. Cut to, they play a video game with Giancarlo Esposito.
4: Um, <laughs> Honestly, I just skipped this episode to finish the Chang Dynasty and then go back. Like, it's... So out of place, I oftentimes end up do not not watching it, not because I dislike it in any way at all. I just end up not watching it because, like, I'll skip ahead yeah. and then forget to go backwards. Uh, and that's, yeah, I, I'm glad that other people are as, no. like, it, what the fuck about this as I am, because it's like me forever. It comes
3: at exactly the wrong time. Uh, these last three episodes of season three, so this, Chang Dynasty, and the actual finale, all aired on the same night. Uh, on NBC, they played the, I mean, this is the period of time where it feels like NBC just does not give a fuck about this show. Um, and so they burned off the rest of this season on May 17th, 2012. Um, uh, so they, they, there was like one, oh, let me see if I can find, uh, May 17th, 2012 television lineup. I want to see if I can find what the one other show is on this episode. Um or you know what I I did that sentence make any that sense? Evening. I've had a very no, full Moscow again.
4: mule. Say it again. <laughs>
3: I want to find because there were there's a four sitcom block on NBC on Thursday nights. I want to know what the one other show was that was on the slate because it was community episode other show, two more Community episodes. It was just the wildest night of programming I've ever seen.
2: They were like, "Yeah, let's just do a small interruption and then uh, back to two more episodes." Yeah,
3: it was. Um, I it was it was right after I had left freshman year of college. It was like the first week we were back home, and I had failed to impress my honors learning community teachers that whole year, but. Nice. The one thing one of them had picked up was that I really liked community. And so did he. And after these episodes aired, he wrote on my Facebook wall, like, that was one of the wildest nights of television I've ever experienced. Um, and I was like, I know, right? <laughs> like, what? What <laughs> a fucking weird lineup. Uh, I'm having trouble finding sorry. it. Yeah, uh, but that's uh, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry.
2: I'm sure when you find it out, you'll let us know. Absolutely. No, this episode. This episode's really impressive that they pulled it up. I think this.
4: Similarly, I want to know well, how they made it so bad.
3: <laughs> you don't how like they this did episode? The ape bit. As oh, you yeah. want to know how they made like, it? I saw. Sorry, when you said I want to know how they made it so bad, I thought you were saying oh, this episode no, sucks sorry. ass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's no, what you said. This I
4: episode was... fucking rocks. I want to know how they made it. Very I wanna know how I desperately wanna know how they made it there. That's how
2: you say that without being confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's a really rad episode. No, I think I just seeing how they pulled this off, there's also so many small details because with this format there's not like angles and you know Uh, you know different uh, the the frame is a totally different creature than it is in like an actual thing like you see full bodies and you see all so many different characters at the same time that there are like little things that happen between characters that aren't the focus just because the animator was like okay while this scene's going on right here let's just have Troy. there's one part where troy and jeff are just like punching each other for no reason i don't know I don't remember when it happens in the episode. It's they're not the focus. Neither one is talking. I'm pretty sure Britta is oh, talking. Oh, sure, and sure. And they're like and fighting and like walking the over a bridge or something, and you just see Troy and, and Jeff just going,
4: Psh.
2: and that's funny. <laughs> uh, I like that. And it's just there. It's
1: yeah. just
2: there. It's like minus one, minus one, minus one, minus one, and then it's yeah, like, there's just so many small details, and like
4: that's
3: super fun. I do they, I don't did they it is genuinely the
4: develop a game? No. It, it was just animation. They, or...
3: The fans have since created a playable version of this game, yeah. uh, but they did not develop a fully functioning video game. <laughs> right. you know, Unfortunately, it's not outside the question of what the show is willing to do, but it it did I'm not. I sure. would
2: like to know what uh that there because there's that gay island, right? I would like to know what the fans theorized that island actually looked like as a playable island. Gosh,
1: <laughs>
2: ish kabish Uh, i mean also just like there's several there's several layers of just like racist stuff in it uh, it's uh oh jive turkeys
3: uh die racism (laughs) we killed them before they do they uh multiply (laughs) pushing the bounds of what we will laugh at as terms as comical racism you know what i mean like if cornelius hawthorne's first appearance is kind of a very laughable example of that this one even though i think this episode is very funny like sometimes i'm like oh my god (laughs) like (laughs) lord this is too much
4: it's uh it's something i love it i
3: mean it
2: makes me uncomfortable i look at this and i'm like god damn it (laughs) i it just i don't know it's (laughs) it it's it's, it, it walks a weird line i'm i've never been one i don't like cringe humor i've never liked it i don't think it's all that funny Uh, this is it's a it's a strange episode i think i like this episode because concept wise i think there's some like really cool stuff that they pull off and the idea of what it means to be family and the kind of the way that that um oh my god i can't think of his name just gilbert gilbert yeah gilbert yeah gilbert kind of has this like like, goes from the bad guy to someone that we care about. Like, there's a lot of really exciting elements to this episode. Um And also <laughs> Pierce's complete lack of understanding of video games, where he's like, all right, I have to kill, go, go kill Dad. And he goes, here, and he pulls out a gun. He's like, do you just carry that with you everywhere? And he goes, not when I shower <laughs> <laughs> some, some pretty good stuff in there, but just, like, yeah, just wild. Oh, also, this is also – Sorry to go back an episode, but I'm thinking of – we've talked uh, pretty extensively on the way that community somehow walks this fine line of making jokes about school shootings almost. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's ringing a bell to either – Yeah, you, about the uh, paintball of the episode. episode. Before
1: mm-hmm.
2: this. Paintball episodes, but even the conspiracy theory episode. Sure. You know, But then literally they do probably the most blatant one in the episode just before this. With Shirley looking in in the library, and she opens up a book, and there's a hole in the book in the shape of a gun. Oh my
3: god!
1: And she
2: goes, "I'm just gonna pretend I didn't see that." And then she puts it back. And I remember seeing that and, and like laughing out of discomfort, being like, "Oh, I can't believe they made that
3: fucking joke." Yeah, it's wild. It's just, it's I just, did it's, not it's see it as like that particular joke as an homage to school shootings, more as an homage to, I guess, just like low class and crime, but you could easily draw that that mental connection, which it seems right. you well, have I mean, and perfect. I never like, have. I don't
2: see that as innately like it's a school shooting joke, but it's a joke that relates to guns in a school.
3: uh uh-huh. You know what sure. I mean? No,
2: for sure. So it's
4: sure. just like it's like um what's up? <laughs> See I uh the it's interesting because I the 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 racism in this episode uh I just super None of it. Hmm. It's interesting. I didn't see any of this as cringe humor mm-hmm. when I okay. watched the first time. What not I not in the way that
3: like is... Michael Scott saying like. Cookie, cookie, in that one horrific no. episode of The Office, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just like people talk about Scott's tots, and I'm like, okay, Scott's tots. I'm like sure. thinking about it. Yeah, but I, I want to throw myself through the floor when I think about that moment from The Office, like <laughs> or when God. he,
4: uh, or when he kisses Oscar in front of the office, <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> because he wants. Oh, it's Kevin so and I both. Oh. <sighs> it's so fucking painful. The whole time
2: you're like... I don't uh, find it redeeming. That's the thing, though. A lot of people are like, they find
4: humor in that, and i it's... Oh, no. People that say they find humor in that are full of shit. (laughs) It's it's because it's not funny. And you're not supposed to feel any... There's no redeeming quality to it. It's that, like, in that, that portion, at that time, in that show, Michael Scott's an asshole.
1: Yeah.
4: And doesn't think that he's an asshole. And... It only gets it the he only gets better. I'm, I'm
2: speaking from like yeah, a baby. broad picture, like outside perspective. The the writers of the show said this is funny.
3: I I don't know if they did. Yeah, in that particular uh, that, I scene, I don't funny. know if they the intent did. was
2: to laugh at it. Even if they're saying it's not funny because it's like, haha, this is funny, they were like, This discomfort will make people laugh. It is a comedy. The intent was to make people chuckle. I
4: giggle. think that I think that saying that uh, maybe it was taken the wrong way, or that people people that did laugh people did laugh at it is is worth pointing out. I don't think that there was anybody in that writers room that was like, "This is." All, I don't know. the The thing I, butt up against is that like because it exists in comedy it is therefore in there for comedic purposes. I once had to review Mouse, oh, which is I... a graphic novel about um Stunning. But, but, yeah it's very good my i had to i had to research that in a concepts of comedy class because my professor thought it was because she was like it's a comic and comics oh no god okay. I was like, oh, no. oh it's that the funny papers
3: oh, you know mouse is, mouse is, that was that there is. right alongside mother goose and grim uh family circus <laughs> mouse <laughs> like, was it yeah. really? no no yeah. of course not <laughs> garfield
2: it? It and then mouse novel that's just just dis- that's just like a misnomer of content no i but i don't I think, think, but that I think comedy the comedy show i think it exists, I think exists think, devoid of, i i get what you're saying i see comedy like shows that are comedies can have moments that are not funny their intent is not to make you laugh the entire time i think more so when it comes to it it's 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 a conversation worth having and it is not cut and dry absolutely but the idea is that like First of all, the intent is not necessarily how it's going to come across, right? The people making this are more than likely – they're not homophobic. They're probably friends with a bunch of queer folks. They're in the industry, right? It's not like we're not there, you know? Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Well, we could go for a little bit more, but I digress a bit. The idea is like you, – you go in the room. The idea is like this is funny because it's so blatantly wrong, and we can – laugh at the discomfort of like, like, like the absurdity of it. Like we laugh at it. It's like laughing. So as to not cry kind of vibes. Right. So as to not, and that I get, but I think the problem comes when you put it into, when you expose it into a society and a culture that is not at that level, it subtly implies that these things are benign and laughable to people that have violent tendencies and so it becomes complicated where it's like, yes, the art is being made and it comes from a specific perspective and it comes from a perspective, a specific um intention. and it you can laugh at it. I have laughed at plenty of things that I'm like, this is so dangerous, yeah. right? But I understand where it's coming from, and I understand that, but I think it's also it's complicated when it reaches when it's when when what it implies to a lesser informed audience. But then of course, it's you know, who are we to say if an audience is informed? Right, so it's, it's, yeah, it's A- yeah, A- and that,
4: that conversation gets gets tricky when you like yeah. blame creators for their creations being misinterpreted, right? And like at that point, like is anything safe? Right. Um, at it's what tricky. point
2: is it the responsibility of creators to understand the impact of their work um, yeah. outside of their intentions? And I think that yeah. there is some responsibility there, but that line is hard to draw specifically
3: and it's uh it's like our conversation about art last week is that unfortunately there is no hard and fast answer to any of this like a a non-comedic example would be the movie american history x where uh edward norton plays a reprehensible skinhead white supremacist who commits like heinous acts of violence very early into that movie. And the movie itself watched as a text and read under any conceivable lens is obviously abhorred by the actions that Edward Norton uh, undertakes in, in that film. But that film has also been adopted by white supremacist groups because the way those scenes are shot, the, the Edward Norton's performance makes him look like exactly what these people want to become, right? And that yeah. is not the fault of the director of that film necessarily. And also the cut of the film was was pulled away from his hands to the point where he wanted to take credit off of it. So there's no... It's it's tough to find these these lines. But, but I
2: think that's that's also important to notice that when a director is able to go, I want to distance myself from this because at that point, You can tell that the impact is not going to be what
3: right. Whereas the alternative example, and I Mm. am cribbing my notes from the great video essayist Lindsay Ellis at this point, is that like no one can watch the producers a movie and a Broadway show that have a show called Springtime for Hitler in their movie. No one can watch those movies and take them as pro Hitler. No one can watch that that scene in that context and adopt that into. A white supremacist ethos you know
2: no, they can't but i think this i mean it's it's all really complicated right because i've also had in-depth conversations especially with the rise in white supremacy in this country i should say the further rise the rather, republication you know,
3: of, of the it's...
2: republication of nazism in america and neo-nazism in america right yeah. uh, shows like the producers while written by jewish folks uh, and the history of satirizing Hitler is deep and wide and long. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> gay. Yay. The, uh, the
1: <laughs>
3: Chaplin did the, it. Uh, Brooks did. Like every right. we've all Family Guy. The it, aforementioned it, Family it's Guy. It's one of those things.
2: It, it, it kind of it, it it evolves though, and the lens that we view it is evolving as well. And at a certain point, it's important for us to go. Okay, now let's take a look at if we were to do a production of the producers now are we are we when hitler is no longer the face of nazism let's let's really sure. i mean like he is the historical face but the current face of nazism is not hitler so when we present hitler and nazism as something that's laughable right mm-hmm. we it's just like eh, let's laugh at this this is so funny and it's it's benign enough that we can make jokes about it it enters in a new realm with this new lens as time moves The ways that we respond to these figures has to adapt, you know? And so it – but that's with all art. As time passes, we are going to view things that we thought were acceptable as not acceptable. And we're going to – at some point, it might even be possible that we get to a point where stuff that we're like, that was unacceptable, and go, actually, I don't know why we were caught up on that. It really wasn't that big of a deal. It really comes down to what is the lens of the current – time what are the current conflicts going around what is the responsibility we have as storytellers to reflect on the impact of our work even outside of intent and whose other voices are we listening to in the room you know if we go into a room and it's a bunch of christian producers and directors and actors and stuff like that putting on a show that was written by a jewish guy to make fun of hitler right it's a slightly different lens we need to be aware of these decisions you know um but it doesn't it's nothing is cut and dry but it's it's The respect for what is being said, how it's being said, and who is saying it is something that is starting to be more understood on a wider scale but also respected with the gravity it deserves. I mean this is – accountability is entering a new realm in – Culture. And that is a good thing. It's a scary thing. It's a disruptive thing. But it's ultimately a good thing. And we're struggling to find out what it means to hold people accountable, right? We've got the – what is cancel culture? To what extent is it good? To what extent is it bad? Complicated discussions, complicated feelings, complicated outcomes. But it's important that we have these discussions. But we're we're children working our way through – calculus right now basically it's right. this is far too complex for us but eventually we'll get it but it just means there's a bunch of messy conversations and it's i don't know it's wild and it's it's really it's it's kind of what what gets to me all worked up when we look at these older shows it's like wow like just re- reflecting on it okay like th- because it, there, there's no question we're we're simultaneously viewing this show through the lens that it was viewed when it came out and a current lens. And I think it's important for us to be able to – and we're really good about it – is separating those two lenses and being able to look at them uniquely. And I think that's one of the exciting things about having these conversations with y'all.
4: What I was going to – I forgot that I was going to make a point earlier. (laughs) I completely completely forgot. So the way I saw this episode uh, in terms of its like dealing with racist things, man, I was – None of it felt weird or bad to me. Like, we've met his dad. Right. And we've already made clear he's the Abed of racism. So, like, (laughs) of course a fucking video game he made is going to be full of awful shit. And, like, I feel like it would have been far weirder if it hadn't been that way. And let me make a case for this that I know neither of y'all can um, argue. Because you don't fuck with Star Wars like I do. Um, There's... (laughs) And I don't mean that pejoratively, no, honestly. It's so there's true. a Star Wars game that came out. There's a Star Wars game that came out uh, in October called Star Wars Squadrons, mm-hmm. and it's all about space fights in spaceships. It's fucking great. One might say um, it's about wars in the stars, right? Star Wars. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yes. Basically. But uh, but the the more interesting thing about that is when you start the campaign, right? You play as the Rebellion, and the Rebellion, for anybody that's just watched Star Wars or has watched it for decade, decades, will realize that the Rebellion is diverse. It's got aliens in it. It's got boys in it. It's got girls in it. It's got all the different people in it. It's got all the different, like, species you see as bad guys. They're also in the Rebellion as good guys. It just the Rebellion is the conglomerate of the Star Wars universe, yes. right? The Empire, all fucking white dudes. Yes. All fucking white dudes like the whole trilogy, the original trilogy, all white dudes. Not a single black dude, not a single woman, just all white dudes. You play this Star Wars game, Squadrons, and the Rebellion looks great. They're all different alien species. They have mixed and and non-apparent genders. Like, it's really good, it's really good. It feels really great playing as the Rebellion. And then you go over and do part of the missions go back and forth between the Rebellion and and the Empire. In the Empire, I was about two minutes in before I literally out loud was like, where's the white dudes? Wow. Because it was like an Asian woman and a black man and like a Middle Eastern man. And I was like, hold up. So like the reason why I say that Pierce's dad's game is racist like his dad. Is mm-hmm. it's important to me that that character remains in continuity a racist piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So his creations, therefore, are racist pieces of shit.
2: Right. And the reason I
4: brought up Star Wars is that for me, the Empire in this game doesn't work because the Empire was built as an analog to the Nazis, and the Nazis all white dudes. So when you give me right. the Empire and it's not it's it's full of non white, non male characters. Uh, right.
2: <laughs> no, I think I think it is. So I think it is part. important. We talked a little bit about this before you where you jumped on of uh how you code a villain, right? How you code the bad guy in yeah. both of these cases, like what you're saying with Star Wars, and in this episode, he's they're clearly coded as the bad guys, right? So you look at this, and also, I, I'm not exactly the person who can make this claim, but I feel like Jive Turkey. <laughs> Isn't exactly the insult that it
4: used to oh, be. And it also, it also, it also has everything to do with context, as much as it does the place and time it takes place. Right, right. Like when, when Troy goes, "Ah, oh, Dad, turkeys!" Like. The- <laughs> That's objectively fucking funny. Right. Like, you can't get upset about that. But if some old dude on a porch in a Clint Eastwood movie was like, you yeah, that would be different. Right, exactly. But
3: like he exactly. would be the protagonist of the movie in a Clint Eastwood yeah. movie. Right. Yeah. And That's then exactly. at the end of the movie he would <laughs> die in Christ pose. Uh, see C. So, sorry.
2: It more so represents like these racist tropes more so represent just how laughably out of touch this villain is. And that's kind of why it's it's less yeah. cringe. I mean, it makes me cringe a little bit, but it's also just thinking about the idea that they were like, oh, this will be funny.
3: Yeah, this is uh, we keep quoting this. <laughs> when you this... break it down, it's, you yeah. get more comfortable with we it. We keep I quoting this section of Troy dialogue, but Cornelius Hawthorne is 1800s Disney style racist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is not an up to date of the moment racist. Uh, and and that you know it's an interesting conversation and I'm really glad we like glommed onto this as like a section of discussion because it's kind of unavoidable in this episode. Um, yeah.
2: I, I mean if there's one thing I trust us to do it's be able to have these difficult conversations that come with this show that we love right. and I think that that's kind and of, like, I love why this show
3: I- and it doesn't always handle these things perfectly uh across its its many episodes uh the season premiere of this season has like, jeff mistaking one black person for another and it's like kind of fucked up and never really addressed um and at the same time we can we have these uh, several cornelius hawthorne episodes it's 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 a layered show there's a lot going on here uh and i'm glad that we can uh talk about this and not feel the need to either be a too defensive of community or b too accusatory of community that it's like we i think
2: fundamentally it boils down to the thing we are laughing at is how stupid this old white dude is Correct. right it's like yeah. it's not we're not laughing at like wow that's racist it makes me feel weird it's like this dude is so dumb yeah <laughs> like R- Rita goes i can't believe he really thinks this is gonna like rub off on us and then troy says
3: <laughs> look out right
1: um
3: <laughs> it, not to uh try and tag something on here and i i like the abed plot in this episode it does suggest very upsetting things about abed <laughs> that he oh in I'm, a I video want to game context yeah. creates a mine of child labor <laughs> he creates like the ultimate child slavery ring with his wife hilda
2: <laughs> and it's uh, it's upsetting is that weird? I have less of an issue with that I look at that and I go tr- Abed fundamentally went here's the here's the thing like I, I can by clicking these buttons I can make a bunch of like when the way he describes it is like they each can carry their own code and I
3: finally understand human interaction she has a very simple pattern of input and output and that that is a fascinating aspect of Abed. This is a deeply weird Abed episode. But I I feel like it must be discussed that left to his own devices, Abed will create a child mind. <laughs> just... well, it's
2: interesting. It's actually, I almost, first, there's two things actually. One, it's it, almost in a weird sense when you see the one where it's like they're going up and down the chains. It more to me looks like he made a computer within a game. Um, it kind of does, he did yeah. Like a, a mine of children. It's closer. When I view it, I go, oh, Abed, in his very strange way, made a computer inside a game. It's like when you take Minecraft and make a, a roller coaster or a computer. I don't play Minecraft. I don't understand how people do it, but I know people have done it. Th- I know it's what like, you mean. I know I, what that's you kind mean. of what that feels like to me. The other thing, though, that I caught this time that I've never caught before, <laughs> before is when they go down into the mine. And this is the part that's truly fucked up to me. They go down into the mine and there's all these babies going like, cool, 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 cool. Right, which also when that baby in the end tag uh, it says coo-coo-coo right, say, in the same way, it's that same sound, that great, great little bit. But when they go down into the caves, there's one section they walk by. It's a little jail cell, and if you look in the jail cell, is a skeleton that's hanging very clearly has hung itself. from a noose and swinging, so it implies that one of the babies
3: killed itself. Yeah,
2: And I was like, why would they make that joke?
3: Yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. <laughs> that
4: one's fucked up. That one that
3: one I can't excuse. Yeah. That one
4: that's I, I love this mostly because <laughs> I love this episode mostly because uh in the world of gamers of which Jace, I'm sorry. Welcome. Um well, there are people that espouse themselves as those that are able to determine if you are a gamer or not. Yeah. And, and it's all bullshit. Abed, very clearly in this episode shows us he's a gamer ass gamer in that like he's so hardcore, he finds things in the code which you can't do in the setting that they're in. You can't. Yeah. Like there are very few there are very few games that allow you into a dev mode through the base game. You have to load up a dev build of the game that lets you build in it regardless the people who wrote this aren't gamers that's fine yeah. regardless uh the fact that he does that and then breaks the game and by finding an exploit is just like so it's weird because like it's it's the most video game I play games too much shit and so like I'm really 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 in love with his like <laughs> portrayal in this and also, yes, like, what he does is questionable. But, like, it's real funny because I've done that shit. I've found a way to break a game and then broken it so much, the game just breaks <laughs> it itself. It does not work. And, yeah, that shit's fucking hilarious. And that they had Abed do that. Like, I remember when this episode started the first time watching it, being like, I wonder what Abed's going to do here. And then when he does what he does, it's like, oh, yeah, no, of course. Of fucking course he was going to do Did that. doy. The door. It's very good. It's very good.
3: Absolutely. Uh shall we segue into the rankings? Have we hit everything in this episode? Uh oh, uh the the bit with Annie and Shirley hiding the body. Very funny. Anyway, moving on.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Felt like it must be discussed. I love that I love that Annie accidentally kills the dude by setting him on fire, and then Shirley's like, Fuck it, we're here, gotta do it, and just beats Just like axe murders the wife in front of Anne. She's like, "What are you doing?" No,
2: sets her on fire too, and then grabs a sword and just
3: hacks the body dead. She's Um,
4: she's being too loud.
2: Yeah, this is a
3: this is a side of Shirley we'll see a few times on the show, and it's always funny. Shirley's like, "You
2: brought us here.
3: (laughs) You made this mess. I'm cleaning it up." Yeah. Oh, we love uh, (laughs) this is a Shirley household. We love Shirley. Um, So let's get into the end tags ranking here. Uh, the first end tag, Troy and Abed in the morning, Nights. So good. So funny. So good. One of the best, Troy and Abed in the mornings. One of the
2: best. Um.
3: Uh, how does it rank with the first Troy and Abed in the morning? Also featuring Jeff Winger. I
4: maybe like this one better. Yeah, I think it's That was good Spanish rap, though.
3: Yeah,
2: not bad. I mean, Spanish rap has the nostalgia factor to it, but this is probably my favorite Troy and Abbott in the morning.
3: So, sounds like a great number four. Whip, whip, whip. Troy and Abbott in the morning. Nice. <sighs> What's up, Lonely Hearts? <laughs> oh, Jeff, good question. Where us? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: and that's in the same, that's, okay, that's in the I flashback wish. episode as well. That's just okay. Donald Glover firing on all cylinders all episode. Crushing it, crushing. Oh, um, I love that and then try not to find a baby. That's what they do. That's what they do. Go, go, go! Try
4: not to find a baby. Um, is this? <laughs> I forgot about that end tag. Is this? Slut! Is this
3: better than Donald no, Glover screaming "slut"? I don't think so.
4: Not no. funnier than "slut." The "slut." Uh,
2: the "slut." Uh, um, litmus test has not passed.
3: You've been slut shamed.
4: Our sledometer um, test. Yeah. <laughs> sledometer.
3: <laughs> uh, Is this better than spaceships? No. Spaceships. No, it's not better than spaceships. <laughs> but now we get into a section of like, a lot of non Troy and Abed Ed tags it's... Leonard's Frozen Pizza, yeah, Starburn's room Memorial.
4: I think I might like it more than Leonard's Frozen Pizza. Yeah, I think we can put it just below spaceships. I
3: love it. Number yeah. four. 40. Try an Abed. Find a baby. <laughs> okay. And now we move on into the episodes. I feel like this one might get dicey. Uh, so let's start. Okay. Fake flashback episode. Curriculum unavailable. I think a perfect starting point. Is this better or worse than the first fake flashback episode? Paradigms of Human Memory.
2: Yes, it's better.
3: You say better. uh, Caleb,
4: what do you say? Yeah, I'm. Wait. Mm -hmm. I
3: do not think so.
4: Uh, There's moments, and Troy's performance is better, but I think that John Hodgman's involvement keeps it close.
3: It is
2: what the original
4: one isn't that the one
2: where they're like they have a flashback
3: of that Western stuff. Jeff and Britta are having secret sex. New Wings, ourselves. Uh, That one, the habit. This habitat was for humanity. Jeff and Britta, you did not step forward and are therefore innocent. Um, That's the Dean Pelton costume montage. (laughs) Be mad if
4: you want, but I've watched enough movies to know that popping the back of a raft makes it go (laughs) fast. We
3: are friends with a glow man that clearly believes in leprechauns. That's the cerebrillus gravity montage. Like, I am sorry to this episode. How dare you? The first... (laughs) Uh, fake flashback episode is maybe my pick for the funniest episode of the whole show. Just oh, comedy fair, fair, fair. I alone. just love this one so much though. I love though. it too, but like, is this better than Law & Order? No.
2: Better than Law & Order? Basic
3: Lupine Neurology oh. number nine. Like, is no.
4: Nah. Um,
2: nah. Nah. No, it's not. It's but not. It's, <laughs> it's I think it's hard ed.
4: to find a way to say it is. And then it's, not. It's, it's not. It's not, either. but it's better than Fizz Ed. <laughs> better than... Mm, okay. Better than the, the Billiards
3: episode? Yeah, because yeah, here's... Okay, better. so here's where we're at. Because Fizz Ed... My book, easily. Because Phys Ed is, I think, and our list reflects this, the greatest emblem of like what Community was when it was a regular sitcom. <laughs> Um, it is like sure. the startling example of what the show was when it was trying to be a normal show for normal people. And like, I I really like this episode. I do, but it's not better than comparative religion. The first Christmas episode with the fight that that episode is tremendous. I, it's just, it's, no,
2: I think it's better. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll fight chill on this. I think it's this is like, fuck a y'all. This is one of my favorite episodes ever. Like, ever. Just, like, when I think about, like, when I think about community, I think about them being gaslit into thinking they're all crazy. Genuinely, one of the first things that comes to mind. And, as you all know, Troy and Abed are, like, my go-tos. And, literally, Troy on an ATV and Abed losing his shit over Daylight Savings Time alone makes its top ten for me.
3: Oh, I, it, it might crack my top 20. I'm looking at, like, number 19 beneath Chicken Fingers. I'm going
2: to here's here's what i will be happy with right i'm gonna i'm gonna rank this one as number 10 for me and hope that that curves i see okay the the end results for you two. so do your thing and then i'm gonna be like okay you say
4: 10 and kev says 19 and i was gonna say the better than cool or no not better than cooperative no better than cooperative calligraphy
3: like this better than annie's pen yes All right. Let me do. <laughs> I'm gonna do some real quick math. I just want to see what happens. Okay. Well,
0: I, I, just I just want to see. I you just want
3: to
2: see. If we if we put it if we put it underneath uh conspiracy theories, I I'll concede to it there. I will concede to conspiracy theory, just edging it out of top twelve and put that as the new. 13. So the
3: average of what of our three scores. Now we don't always do it this way, but when we're this divided, it seems sometimes it comes in handy. The average is 14. Like 15. Right beneath cooperative calligraphy, right above Glee Christmas. Except you're, say not, you're, initially. You're,
2: you're right, but that's you're averaging the numbers and not the weight of the placement, right? So if we're talking placement ten and thirteen <laughs> And then a 19... Yeah, the 19 will bring it down. I give it. Okay, think. well...
3: We're we right.
4: so fucking insufferable for everyone listening right now. Well,
3: I, I've actually heard that for a lot of people, this is like their favorite part, is us... Uh, oh, okay, cool. All right, cool. Uh, sitting it over. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. We want to wait this. All right. I, allow me to pose a graduated scale. Um, If we're doing weighted oh. place... Ranked choice voting, um, then we will... I, here's, here's why I say this. Because
2: if... If say someone was like, This is my number three, and someone said this is my number two, and someone was like, This is twenty-five, right? The two, three, and twenty five is gonna end up with an average that's gonna be, let's see, what? That's gonna be thirty. That's gonna be uh now you're place. now you
3: are correct. And and that outlier vote should probably be discounted for less. However, if one of us is very high, one of us is rather low, and one of us is literally right in the middle of the two, I don't know if that's exactly. an equitable
2: no, because if I'm saying it's 10, Caleb is saying it's 12, 13? Uh, 13-ish. 13, if I'm 14. saying it's 10 and Caleb's saying it's 13 and you're saying it's 19.
3: Those are very right? close. Those are within 10 of each other. And the average yeah. of them is literally what Caleb said. <laughs>
2: yeah, but is, I'm literally going to be... I just uh, Can we just put it as the new 13 and be happy?
3: 14. 14. No, 13. 14
2: fine fine i guess it's not as good as i'm the sorry jace
4: one. i'm sorry jace putting this at 10 means it's better than comparative religion and conspiracy theories and material design and i can't no, that's, I'm not, that's I can't
2: why do i was that. that's why i was saying like i would concede to it being just below conspiracy theories but
3: annie's pen is kind of undeniable it's cat. yes yeah um it's above glee christmas <laughs> like this i'm sorry. This is so despondent like right this now. sorry it's a great episode it's a great episode it's, it's like number 14 I, I, on a I, list of 68 I, 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 numbers <laughs> all of your
2: all of your arguments are good arguments and i'm just being stubborn oh well that's fair oh
3: well when you put it that way
2: <laughs> you're all making
4: all of your opinions are correct opinions don't tell, don't kidding. tell Kevin that. Don't tell Kevin that. Well, he's already tweeted My it. Notes. so it's not like I can. <laughs> it.
3: My opinions are all good, and I'm afraid if your opinions are different than mine, you're wrong. Sorry, that's the way we, God made us. So, <laughs> way yeah. God made you Jesus. wrong. Sorry, you didn't have to go religious on us. Can Damn. too, Damn, Kevin. Can too. Um, all right, Shirley. it's Crimbus. Uh, let's see. It's it's Crimbus. It's Crimbus for uh, happy Chrysler uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Crimbo uh, so digital exploration or digital estate planning sorry the video games episode I digital exploration really feel so defeated team. right now I'm
2: being such a brat <laughs> yeah. man
3: I'm like that ain't gonna we're all man. entitled to that one I'm- listen what you're doing right now is what I'm going to do for like the entirety <laughs> of season six where I'm like come <laughs> on guys <laughs> Come on, the one where the Dean comes out as gay, that's like number four. And you'll be like, You're an insane person. You're- I'll be like, Kevin, absolutely not. Go back to the rock you crawled. You're out bananas. Of. Uh so just we're gonna have like seven straight weeks of me doing this. So don't don't worry.
2: I about don't it. I, I actually I don't know. I, I I could go either way with this episode. I'm I think I'm gonna base my decision off of what you two say.
3: <laughs> so I'm looking for where this
4: I I know that what Jace just said is absolutely probably the truth and they meant it, but but that coming immediately after this, immediately <laughs> after they said, "I'm so fucking defeated right now." <laughs> I'm being a brat and then being like, "I'll defer to you for the next one." Well, I'll and defer you, to you know,
3: too. You're What
4: I was
2: trying to say was like, I need to hear y'all's arguments because I no, genuinely. I know. Don't.
4: I know you're being. Well, genuine, you're so right. But... It just
1: seemed like
2: I was being <laughs> like,
4: "Fuck <laughs> like you." I'll just pick whatever you whatever. Want. Exactly. Exactly.
3: Uh, that's like, when I it asked
4: my like, wife like, what's like, wrong, like, and she says nothing, and I'm like, no, "What am I
3: supposed to?" To do with that
4: <laughs> it's like the three
2: of us are like where well, do we want to go for dinner and Kevin's like pizza and Caleb's like Mexican and I'm like I, I wanted sushi but I guess we'll get you know
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah
1: <laughs> whatever <laughs> uh,
2: uh,
4: yes uh. perfect although that that story that you just created implies that if someone brought up sushi I wouldn't immediately change my mind oh, sure. to uh, sushi
2: I know I liked you it's a flawed <laughs> hypothetical <laughs> we get to eat sushi anymore Oh no! I'm gonna
4: have sushi soon because as soon as Amanda gives birth to our second child, she has demanded sushi be in her presence
2: because
4: because she hasn't been able to eat it while pregnant. um, Pregnant. Pregnant.
3: Pregnant.
4: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Pregnant.
3: So so it's gonna
2: it's gonna basically be uh, sushi and a bottle of wine.
4: I don't know. She doesn't drink. Oh, okay, good for her. She drank some a few times. But she's small and like, uh, drinks like, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> It's really gotcha. funny. So,
3: sushi and like, what, uh, blow then? Uh, like, sushi, sushi and blow? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're a businessman in an 80s movie? <laughs>
4: Yeah, sushi and, swoosh, sushi and Quaaludes. Yeah, exactly. So, Perfect. Quaaludes. That's her thing. Uh, sushi and Ludes.
3: <laughs> okay. Attempting. Attempting to try and rank uh, digital estate planning. Please
1: help.
3: <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's start with the other Cornelius Hawthorne episode, Advanced Gay. I do think this is slightly better than Advanced Gay.
2: I can agree with
4: that.
3: Yeah, But if we get up to the point with, like, beginner pottery, I don't think this is as good as beginner pottery number 36 What's, what's yeah, no, applied?
4: apply to anthropology and culinary arts that's
3: where Shirley gives birth I like that one more uh, I think
4: it's probably below that but above no, just,
3: uh, vampire oh, mythology is really good <laughs> it's very funny which one's yes. English as a second language where they find out Chang's uh, credentials are fake
4: teacher? yeah I think it goes just above advanced gates. Yeah, you know, I honestly you put, think, you, yeah, number forty. I think you threw your long dart pretty damn close to the bullseye. yeah. And yeah. The oh.
3: We're playing bocce ball and you nailed it first throw. You know, yeah. I love it. I got that my red ball very close to the little white ball, and good for me. Good
4: for you. Good for me. Proud of you. Thank you. I obviously haven't played bocce ball enough.
3: Ah, uh, that's cool. You don't have Italian relatives, I guess.
4: Neither mm-hmm. do I, but I still know what fucking bocce ball is. Well. You, live in, you live in New York. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Florida. Yeah,
3: I'm from Missouri. I know what fucking bocce ball is. Well, Caleb, I know I mean, that I that, know that just completely dismissed you. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay.
4: Imagine curling, it's but on I'll just grass, stay over here. It's no fine. Room. I'll just stay over. Jace, it's fine. I'll just stay over here. It's
3: it's oh, curling you can do that, while so drinking. It's curling uh, you can do with a beer in one hand. <laughs> It's the greatest game ever I,
4: invented. See, I've played, I've played bocce ball at a big, uh, like party venue, yeah, several times, several years in a row. I just didn't remember what color the balls were. Like that was Darts,
3: but not illegal. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like lawn
4: darts aren't illegal. It's like uh, <laughs> really illegal if you're using the ones with knives attached pff, to
3: them. It's like washers, <laughs> but like fun. You know what I mean? it's like, it's like, yeah. it's like
4: cornhole, but fun. It's, it's like, like horseshoes, but less like, racist.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what? I know, shock. <laughs> I, I'm I'm
4: like, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, bet. I was like, when you said that, I was like, I believe you, but I want to know how. Huh? <laughs> I, was, I made it up. Someone know, that listens to our podcast fucking loves horseshoes and just got really offended for like 10 seconds. <laughs> they were just like, I what? <laughs> Googling horseshoes origin. Yeah. Uh, sounds... so I don't know
2: why my brain immediately started thinking of, like, what were they, they called? Pogs? <laughs> those little yeah, discs? Yeah. I've never played them. I'm actually a little bit too young to have ever known them. But 100%. for some reason, like, all the nostalgia content pumped into the internet is made me familiar with them. And I I don't know. Uh, can someone tell me – can some, Can anybody let me know
4: what the relationship between Pogs and Bocce Ball is? That would be great. Thank you so much. Thank you. So horseshoe Horseshoe Pitching – may have been derived from the game of quoits played by Roman officers during the Roman occupation of Britain. So it was kind of racist. Sure.
3: I just, I mean, I assume the origins of horseshoes truly lies in cowboys being bored. I think it just, I
4: think the origin And most cowboys were not white, so it can't be racist. Boom, problem solved.
3: Boom, no problem with the American West. No issues,
2: no, what I said. Nine. You heard Nine it here first. Fuck the buffalo.
0: Fuck indigenous people. What's happening? Why is this happening? <laughs> What's happening? No one
3: can. We've we've fucking gone off the rails. So I'm just going to segue into plugs. I guess saying we went off the rails implies we were on them at some point, which cannot be conclusively proven. But um, in for her. <laughs> so we're we're sliding in on them we're... plugs. Uh, let's see uh oh i ran the first session of my community tabletop rpg you um, did a week ago as of this recording uh it is already up both on this very podcast feed and on my youtube channel uh it was uh phenomenally fun i'm going to run more and thanks for everyone who's uh taken it in already Um, uh, by that same token, I also just did a uh, group commentary of Tom Hooper's cats, uh, which was also very, very fun. Uh, And again, you can check that out on this podcast feed and on the YouTube channel. Um, And as far as things I'm enjoying right now, as far as, you know, stuff I like, um, I just started playing uh, the video game Tyranny. Uh, which is a, a RPG uh, where essentially, what if Sauron had won and conquered Middle Earth, and you are his middle manager, <laughs> responsible for making sure his dark bidding gets done? Uh, very fun, uh, classic style RPG, uh, and uh, a, a, a phenomenal video essay that I just watched the other day uh, by the YouTuber Super Eye Patch Wolf called What the Internet Did to Undertale, which uh, Undertale is this, like, small, like, I don't know, seven-hour RPG, like, completely independently produced by one guy and became, like, the biggest (laughs) explosive fan community uh, anyone could think of, and it was a phenomenally interesting video essay. Uh, So that is all I have for y'all.
2: I don't have anything to plug. I just... (laughs) you know i um I hope I hope everyone had a, a lovely solstice and you you your your superpowers come in and develop nicely um yeah i i I don't know I got nothing if you're trans I love you if you're cis I also love you but if you're trans I love you um uh that's uh, that's slowly becoming a little bit of a sign off for me and I'm kind of kind of okay with that um yeah. Um, I know I don't, I guess, I don't know. I know that uh, I'm not as active on the twitter.com as Kevin is. And, you know, Kevin's also really great about making sure that our collective um podcast account is also very active. But if you're out there and you ever just feel the need to talk, you know, you know, so, I mean, look, we are having dark days and seasonal depression is no joke. And, you know, you Ooh. ever... want to talk to someone you know if you feel lonely out there you're trying to find you know other other queer and trans voices to kind of talk to you know holidays are also rough times for people when it comes to concepts of family um please please feel free to reach out to me i would love to get to know some of y'all um and just kind of be able to i don't know get to know some of y'all better if you want to if you want to just talk if you want to vent if you want to if you ask questions, I don't know. I'm, I'm here for y'all, you know? I just wanted to put that out there. I know I'm very opinionated and political and loud, but um, all of that is rooted in a sense of empathy and care, especially for people within my community and other marginalized communities. So, um, yeah, uh, if, you, if you feel like you need someone to talk to,
1: Cheer. hit a girl up.
4: Cheer. That's I know what at it Jason
2: is. Ziv. Yeah, oh, J A C
4: E N Z I E V at Twitter. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, there's a lot of um, people that want to reach out to you now, but you didn't give them your handle at all.
1: <laughs> so
2: they, you I did it. Uh, I, I remember, so, I've given it out a bunch of times before, but yeah, it's at J A C E N Z I E V, and that's the same on Instagram or <laughs> Twitter. Uh, reach out to me on either platform, really. I'm
4: down to talk. Um, I might just not come on, me, but I will respond. Tommy, maybe. There it is. I had to think of a song to go with that.
2: Thanks, Jepson, we
3: love her, right, Kevin? Oh, 100%. Hundo P. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Far too much energy behind that, but I'll allow it. Um, She's
3: great. That's all I have to say.
4: There's, uh, I mean, I don't have much to share. If you want to... I'm going to one-up Jace real quick like a real fucking asshole. Do and it. say, if you want to see pictures of a fresh baby, follow me on Twitter. Oh, my God. Um, do both, <laughs> please. Yeah, I said fresh like their market. Little baby barn. loaf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, little baby what loaf. market were you shopping yeah. at? Um, <laughs> the farmer's market, I'm proc. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's uh, Yeah, I hope I didn't get my kid from the farmer's market. It's not going to be like me at all. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't have much going on because I have a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? I have a, a kid due very soon. Actually fucking if we're going by the literal, what the doctor said, do tomorrow. Aye, aye, aye. Um, if you go by what, um, my wife is convinced won't show up till Thursday. If you go by my first kid, won't show up till Friday because I'm their father and I can't show up on time to fucking anything. But anyway, that's not important. <laughs> um, my wife is tremendously stubborn and i am tremendously time challenged um which is fine it means i'll be late to my death which is even better um (laughs) but like i said i don't have much that i'm gonna be doing for the next few weeks i will stream when i can but uh follow me on twitter for 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 yuck em ups and, and baby pictures that should be the only reason you follow people on twitter anyway Except for the reasons that Jace gave just a second mm-hmm. ago, which are also very good reasons. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm just shitting of, like, all over the stuff that you just said. <laughs> yeah. It's um, I still
1: I'm love sorry.
4: you. I know. I... Um, that was a, such a Tony Stark response to that. I still I... love you. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, no, it's
2: a solo response, and even I know that.
4: Well. Yeah, well, yeah. The, they're kind of similar. Um, hey, you two know how anyway. many
3: episodes we've ranked? 69! <laughs> ah, noise, noise,
4: noise, noise, noise! <laughs> Perfect. And on that note, uh, yeah, just take care of each other. Happy holidays. And if you're going to go see your family, fucking don't. You're an asshole. Fucking don't. Um, wear stay your home. goddamn mask <laughs> over your nose. Fucking. It goes
3: over your nose. Don't. Over your fucking nose. Wear the mask over yeah, your if nose. You wear your mask
4: with your nose out. It's like wearing your pants with your pee pee out. Yeah, I'm putting Fuck. a condom
3: on your testicles only. Don't go. <laughs> oh, don't go see your family. We've put out fucking 20 hours of podcast in the month of December. Just stay home and listen to us. Your family. Just stay home. Shout out to me. Yeah, don't listen to that. us. We'll be your family. Play a video game instead. You'll have a much better time uh and uh i'm actually this episode ran real fucking long so i'm probably gonna cut that marvel section at the beginning and make it a bonus episode so even more episodes
2: a full hour of us just talking oh, yes. about
3: like potential with because there's also a comic- fucking guest coming up after this and i don't want it to be a fucking nine hour podcast uh y'all
4: talked about mcu potential without me we I, we
2: actually were referring to stuff you've already said yeah
3: too. like Seth we cited our sources so we 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 talked it out we had it we had a good one We
4: gave gave you credit in
3: mla format
4: yeah okay in mla format thank you
3: yeah absolutely i did chicago style but yeah (laughs) 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 we're fucking nerds that said chicago
2: (laughs) style (laughs) source (laughs) citing at the same time two Uh, people that write scripts
4: yeah well
2: wow you also write scripts
4: i do I just uh, look up what a script looks like and then do it, though.
3: Well, that's fair. I'm a really good
4: copycat.
3: <laughs> that's how we all. Yeah, like that's what it are it. you talking about? That's yeah. the method. I just
4: yeah. didn't know. I just didn't know it was called Chicago style. So I'm not well, Chicago cool. style is uh, papers in. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. It's, okay. I, yes, I right. know. it's like he's like.
3: I know. I too am educated.
1: Jim,
4: I'm
3: sorry. I. It sounded I like also, you misunderstood. I Just want you going out there making English a fool of yourself.
4: Classes. I also did papers in my English classes and acted like I knew what the fuck citing was. Oh yeah. Um I mean. That's
3: what we all did.
2: Please. Pro okay. tip for those of y'all writing papers, always do a bibliography and not a work cited. Why? Because you can put stuff you didn't use in it to make it have more sources.
4: <laughs> oh, that's the that's that's what the fuck. That's a
3: pro tip. That's a, a like also,
4: also fun fact, take your document and type in white and then it'll add words that aren't there.
3: Whoa! Yeah, y'all motherfuckers crazy. Uh, we'll be back next week with the season <laughs> three finale. Before it's we really,
4: do, um, it's really it funny, funny that, yeah. that we just we it's really funny that Jason and I both just gave tips to pad your papers when we can't shut up for more than 30 seconds. We never, we've never, never had a problem filling a fucking page. But just in case you wanted to cheat, here you go. Sorry, Kef, I <laughs> No, that's all right. You okay. I thought that was hilarious to me. <laughs>
3: nah, you're good. Um, so, yes. Uh, stay tuned for uh, my guest interview uh, with Liz Galveo. Uh, and we'll be back next week to finish out season fucking three. Half of the seasons will be done. And then uh, we're starting our winter break Still with The course. Witcher. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting <laughs> stuff. Uh, but until then, papa. Papa. Wap, Do,
2: do, do, do.
1: Do
2: doo doo doo
1: doo doo
3: doo 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 doo. Oh, he's a jolly good
1: fellow. Oh, he's a jolly good fellow. Do doo doo
3: doo 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 doo. Should old acquaintance <laughs> be
4: forgot? in days of old legs. I... <laughs> Jace, did you hear what I
2: played? No, what is you? <laughs> nice,
0: nice, nice, nice. Nice, I am, in Ooh. fact, a
2: gay. That is a correct <laughs> gesture,
3: defense, <laughs> gang.
2: How did you know?
3: We're gonna fly to school each morning. We're gonna smile the entire time. So what um, is your podcast about?
5: Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, it's called Everything's Cool and it's a pop culture podcast. Um, It's like a lot of pop culture recs, reality TV recaps and reviews, um, some like food and recipe reviews. And then I usually have a guest on for about a 30 minute chat about something Um, usually something current in pop culture that we're both obsessed with.
3: (laughs) Sure. Um, So you really, you've got, you've got the whole uh, breadth of, of experience there um, which is, which is cool Um, as (laughs) as opposed to what this is, which is like a very narrow field that we use to get wide. Yours is a wide field that you use to get narrow.
5: Yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. Um, I did a bachelor recap show before I did this podcast, and I think the like narrow scope of that really bothered me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think you're smart to like go off into different areas from the uh, topic because that that felt like I just felt really hemmed in sometimes.
3: Community is a wonderful like springboard to basically talk about anything you could want to talk about because they they hit on everything and like every medium um, and it's fun to like well for me it's fun to like try and place it in like uh, you know pop culture of that time is like what were our politics like in 2011 versus like what they look like now Um, Mm. and all of that is is interesting to me but there's very few shows I could do episode by episode by episode so I admire anyone that makes it work
5: yeah well community is so dense I mean just like the jokes per minute I feel like it's one of the most I don't know dense shows I've ever watched
3: yeah the the joke per second uh ratio like few shows I think can beat this one pound for pound 30 rock maybe um someone a former guest compared it to uh rappers and the rap scene is that like everyone is always trying to be the quickest and the fastest and the best and the most clever um and there was that that dead heat contest for a while with like 30 rock parks and rec uh community the office in its prime that we're all trying to gun for that number one spot
5: yeah that was a that was a rich time in um tv comedy for sure
3: yeah um And all those shows, like, had so many seasons and got to run for so long. Um, Whereas now I feel like even the best Netflix originals, like, don't get a lot of time to to just live, you know?
5: Yeah, definitely. Netflix loves to, like, green light a show and then, you know, make you fall in love with it and then, like, rip it away from you the second you get attached to it.
3: (laughs) Because they, they need to like dangle the carrot in front of you to like motivate you to keep paying for Netflix. But they're like, what, if you didn't get to eat the whole carrot, like, what are you going to do? Cancel Netflix? Like,
5: exactly?
3: oh, no, oh, we're not making Glow season four. What are you going to do? Not have Netflix anymore?
5: Uh, yeah, that one was a bummer for sure.
3: That was a huge bummer. And that it was like, they just didn't want to keep paying the contracts for for all the actors because they had to like keep them booked for for the duration of covid and they just decided that that was not not something they were interested in keep doing
5: i know i love when like uh multi-billion dollar companies are just super cheap like that
3: (laughs) Like at the um, like at the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where like they wouldn't even pay for like Chris Evans's gym membership. Like they were that cheap, um, <laughs> just absurd uh, uh, levels of of money hoarding. But whatever.
5: <laughs> sorry, could you hold on one second? I think my cat is gonna barf.
3: Yeah, go for
5: it. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. This is the most Thank exciting
3: live thing that's ever happened on the show. <laughs>
5: yeah. you okay oh my god oh i can tell it's happening
3: (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry that's okay you can tell me later whether or not you want (laughs) to take this out or leave it in because i think it's (laughs) thrilling i think it's truly like this is edge of your seat kind of stuff will the cat barf
5: (laughs) yeah this is really you get real behind the scenes you good oh no you're not Okay, I think we're good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry about that.
3: No, that's okay. Listen, the animals, they have their own schedules and their own bodies. And you just, they don't always coordinate with yours.
5: No, it's, it's, she's the worst.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I think, I think it was thrilling. Did, uh, for, for the listeners at home, did the cat barf?
5: Yeah, but just a little bit. So it
3: wasn't too bad. (laughs) So everyone that had your money placed on a little bit, uh, you know, check that off. Uh, the Vegas <laughs> odds were were long on 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 the cat barf.
1: Yeah, but this oh, this God. is of
3: course <laughs> advanced community studies, um, advanced uh, cat <laughs> symptoms. I am joined uh, today uh, by a phenomenal guest, uh, Liz Galveo. Nailed it. Thank you. Well, welcome to the show.
5: Thank you, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Uh,
3: so so allow me to ask you the, the standard introductory question here. Um, what is your uh, history with the television show community? What is your community journey?
5: Yeah, um, I guess I watched it while it was on, um, but I like have watched it a lot out of order. Um, so like different episodes here and there I like would get into a season start watching every week and then kind of drop off and like pick it back up again um so I'm kind of like a little bit all over the place um the episodes we're going to talk about today I had seen one of them before but not the other one which is very exciting oh that is Um, exciting
3: so which one was which
5: um, I had seen the video games one, but I hadn't seen the clip show one, which I can't believe that I haven't seen because it's so iconic.
3: right. Um, yeah, it was their. It was their second uh, fake clip show episode with completely <laughs> new and invented scenes. Um, so that's that's exciting. So, uh, I don't know, tell me a little bit about this fresh first watch.
5: Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, it was just like, I was trying to take notes while I'm watching, but there's just like it was so snappy, so many things happening, uh, so many like comedy beats per second uh, that it was hard to keep up with. Honestly,
3: yeah, absolutely. Um, and even you know, even though they they set you up for this, like, oh, and here's a bunch of like Chang-centric flashbacks. It's still like okay, there's <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> happening here, and we're jumping around in like space and time. Uh, a lot and then they pull off that I mean my zoom background um, that like (laughs) phenomenal twist of uh, of the Greendale Asylum so it's really it's a ride
5: yes absolutely they really like get in and get out with each clip and each joke Um, but it works so well
3: excellent and you had seen the the video game uh, one before
5: yes I had seen that before Weird episode. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Um, I really enjoy Pierce's father as a character. It's just, like, so racist and offensive. They really, like, get to just explore that and, like, go so out there with that. It's so much fun.
3: Yeah, what would this deranged racist mind (laughs) create in a video game space? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Where where he is a giant floating head god. Yeah, it's absolutely... (laughs) it's it's wild um so what are your uh favorite episodes and and favorite characters what are the ones that jump out to you the most
5: oh god yeah Um, on the spot on the spot yeah I really like is it uh I don't know if it's a Christmas episode or if it's just a musical episode but all I I was reminded recently of there's a scene where Annie is the, the sexy Christmas baby. Do you remember that yeah. song? Yeah. Oh, of course. That's yeah, our that outro
3: whole... to to our to our episodes right now.
5: Yeah, that that really stuck with me as just such a good joke. Um, I really love Britta's character. I think that is such a real person. You know. That like I know.
3: <laughs> absolutely, she is my favorite, and it's because it all feels so familiar. You know, uh, it's a critique of a very particular kind of person that is very, very funny.
5: Yeah, absolutely, and of course I love the dean. I mean, they just how they keep coming up with new ways for him to enter the uh, the study room is hilarious i feel like that must have been so much fun to write
3: new and exciting puns every every
5: costumes new (laughs) songs and dances
3: absolutely and how he gets to like ascend from uh supporting player to by the end of the show like one of the central cast members is um that's that's a shout out to jim rash uh i think for just like taking a tiny part and making so much of it that they just had to like push him onto the main cast
5: yeah absolutely yeah he's so great in that role yeah and he like won an Oscar while he was uh doing this show right
3: yeah like <laughs> before he's even like a main cat he wins for the descendants and when is the descendants is that 2011
5: I think think so i think around there
3: mm-hmm. yeah 2011 uh yeah so like at the end of in, it would have been early it would have been february like 2011 so we're in like the middle of the second season and he goes from being a very funny guy to oh this show has an oscar winner
5: right
3: <laughs> on, on its staff uh, and maybe they couldn't afford his price tag and that's why he only wrote like one or two episodes you know maybe Mm. maybe maybe they couldn't foot that bill
5: yeah who knows I know there was a lot uh going on in the writer's room always so yes who knows what went into that decision yeah that's another part of the show that I always found really fascinating was like Dan Harmon as a showrunner seemed really intense but really brilliant And like his writers always seem to be like worked to the bone. And like he was rewriting stuff while they were shooting and things like that were going on. But, you know, it's hard to make quality television and like all these episodes are so funny and so well-written, even with all this chaos going on, that's like always been so fascinating to me about the show.
3: Right. And like, especially in, um, this is the last season that has more than 13 episodes, but um, even that it's like the amount of work that goes into making 22 episodes of television in eight months is such a huge, like a daunting amount of work. Um, and Community is not a show that like, it, it refuses to stop trying to like redefine itself and like keep trying new things. And that just like adds this extra tax to the workload,
5: you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's like always pushing itself um, and raising the bar for itself too, which, you know, a lot of shows don't do frankly. Um,
3: Right, like I love New Girl for instance, but New Girl is like, here's 21 minutes of jokes. Um, and they're often very good jokes, but like here's 21 minutes of jokes. And community is like, here's 21 minutes of jokes that are trying to like redefine what you think television is.
5: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's ambitious for sure.
3: <laughs> what you see as possible in the medium. Oh my goodness, it's uh, wild. So what are some of your other uh, touchstone sitcoms or even any of your other like favorite shows?
5: Sure. Well, I feel like um, I grew up on The Simpsons, um, like from the time I was a kid. Uh, So those jokes are just like so deeply embedded in my mind and those references. Um, Was it
3: also on like twice every day for you as well? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
5: It was like what you watched before or after dinner. I'm not sure when it was on. Um, yeah, but, like you know,
3: the news came on. I think before or after. You know, it was it was sandwiched right in that little pocket.
5: Yeah, it was perfect. Um, and then Seinfeld. I also like similarly. That was on every single day, and I just got obsessed with that for a while. Um, and then I also I watched like a lot of random shows that happened to be on like the Steve Harvey show was one that I like watched for a long time. Um, And I guess like modern uh, or contemporary comedy, I really loved Bojack Horseman. Um, I liked how dark that got and how that really pushed like the idea of what a comedy could be, I think. And also like how that was written really for binge watching format where you're going to have all the episodes released at once um so you can afford to have like a completely um like self-contained episode in there or a really weird episode where they go under the water or something
1: Um, right (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. a
5: bottle episode that's what it's called I couldn't think of it Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah those are my Right now, I, I don't know what I am what I'm watching right now in terms of comedy. I feel like it's kind of dried up a little bit lately.
3: Yeah, um, I think we're having to, uh, and this is I guess partially just due to uh, COVID, right? It's uh you know the the well of comedies that they're putting out right now are are kind of minimal. So you either have to like go to the backlog or. I guess, try like YouTube and podcasts and stuff like that. But
5: yeah, absolutely. Excellent.
3: Okay. Is there um, anything else that you want to to put out there or even uh, talk about your your own uh, show a little bit more?
5: I will say like in the video game episode, loved Giancarlo Esposito as Gilbert. He was like, I think he was on Breaking Bad at the same time. So you sort of had this like dual identity like cultural reference point with him going on Mm -hmm. that kind of informed that character which I thought was really cool
3: yeah I think okay I'm having to walk this back of like this season was coming out my freshman year of college and so I feel like Breaking Bad season three was already out and four was either like about to come out, I guess I have a computer in front of me so I could I could attempt <laughs> to uh, look this up. Um, but right, this feels like a little bit of like, uh, what's Dan Harmon watching? <laughs> and, right. and so we, we bring in, you know, you have uh, Giancarlo Esposito in one of these episodes and then you have uh, John Hodgman in the other, which feels like, oh, oh yeah. someone was definitely watching The Daily Show um at this point so at the point that this episode aired yeah so this community season comes out basically between breaking bad's season three and four uh breaking bad was working itself as like a summer series at that point uh um, oh, wow. so this is like the height of his powers right if i remember my breaking bad right? i think
5: so yeah he,
3: he like he's in the last couple episodes of season two and then three he like really ascends and then four is like the war between between him and Walter so this is basically like grabbing him at the height of his powers which is incredible
5: yeah yeah I just love that casting choice and I think he did a great job
3: absolutely I love that we're in the Giancarlo Esposito essence right now uh, that that my man is working and he's doing great work on all kinds of things at the moment.
5: Yeah, yeah, I, you always see him popping up. It's amazing. Yeah.
3: Even things that like, you know, because right after he, I guess, you know, spoilers for Breaking Bad, after they kill him off on Breaking Bad, you know, he got a few like pretty high profile gigs um, that didn't really work out. He was on this NBC show called Revolution, uh that took a place after like a worldwide loss of electricity so of course that means we like go back to jungle days and fight with swords um of course he was the he was the primary antagonist on that um i haven't watched the mandalorian but it seems like he's doing basically the same thing on there that he was doing on revolution um and that didn't work out but he's been working non-stop since then after like 30 years of being a good actor that just never tipped over into being a a household name. And I'm glad that he's finally hit it.
5: Yeah, me too. That always makes me happy when you see like a character actor really um, start to break out after like years of hard work. Cause that feels, it feels rare. Um, I don't know how rare it it actually is, but um, it feels like it doesn't happen that often.
3: No, it's usually like, oh, you hit when you're 21 and then you're done by the time you're 30, basically, for, for most yeah, people. Exactly. Uh, but even another, like, Community Breaking Bad crossover, you have Jonathan Banks, um, even longer. Like, that guy is in the original Gremlins and he's in Airplane. Um, and he, you know, he, he worked, but then it was, like, Breaking Bad finding this guy. Um, and then he did Breaking Bad, Uh, again, spoilers, he dies. Uh, Then he did a season of Community and then Better Call Saul starts up. And he's been doing that for five years or however long.
5: Yeah, that's another success story.
3: Yeah, it's great. Crossover. Uh, You love to see it.
5: (laughs) You do love to see it.
3: (laughs) You do love to see it. Um, Well, it has been uh, great chatting with you on this uh, uh, Monday night. And tell the people again about your new show.
5: Oh, great. So it's called Everything's Cool. Um, You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, And yeah, if you like pop culture, reality TV, funny stories about my failures in life, uh, (laughs) come check it out.
3: They're used to all that stuff just from me. So it's good that they can now get it from you. Oh, great. This has been a talkback
4: podcast that was quite
1: a show very entertaining
3: please tell your friends about this show
1: boopy doopy doop boop sex
3: larry i'm on ducktails.